This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have our next guest in the show just arrived. We are happy to welcome him here, and he's promoting Fighting With My Family. He is a director and producer of the and film. Writer. And writer as well, which uh, and one of the co-creators of The Office. And uh, well, let's just welcome him. A ton of stuff. Stephen Merchant yeah. is here. Thank you very much for having me. Stephen, good morning. Thank, thank you. For, you. Thank you. Pleasure. For oh, yeah, we're happy to have you in. Are we live? We, we are live. live. Yes. I just wanted to check because I get very foul mouth <laughs> in this, this time of morning. Do well, you, you you're, you're a veteran of radio. You've been on radio, radio. Uh, and you love radio. And, and in fact, um, even while you were achieving success with TV shows and so on and so forth, you returned because you you, you loved it. Uh, you know, we were over in England for a uh, uh, an Eagles game. They're they're playing over there, the football team here. And uh, but radio is. Uh, while it's the same, there are differences. And have you noticed dramatic differences? Or what were the differences between well, American one radio? The, one of the great pleasures of radio, as you know, is that you don't need to dress up. Or, yeah, um, oh God, or awesome. shave or even put pants on in the morning. Yes. You can just stagger in. Showers are optional. Showers are very much optional. Um, and also what I love about it is it's very immediate, right? You can say something now, you can get responses immediately on the immediately. text on the Twitter. Um, it feels much more interactive. It feels conversational. I already feel like I know you guys, like we're having a beer <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the pub. Um you know, TV and film and everything, it's all just so much more laborious. That's, that's you know, the problem. it just takes so long to get anything done. It's funny, Stephen, because at the at the beginning stages of when I was going to school for communications, and I, I always wanted to do something comedy-based, and, I, oh, TV and film, that's going to be it. TV and film, that's going to be it. And then just by sort of a circuitous way, ended up doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And then radio, and... I said, well, this is kind of the same vibe between stand-up and, and, totally. and radio. And that, as you said, that immediacy. And you were you started in stand-up as well. I uh, I did. I, yeah. I'd always wanted to do it. All my heroes were stand-up comics. Right. I built myself up psychologically to do it for the first time at university. I was psyched up. I had my little five-minute act. Yes. And then it was uh, it was cancelled. The gig was cancelled. <laughs> and then I lost my nerve like a fighter pilot who'd been <laughs> shot down. And I didn't go back to it. I didn't ever try it again for another two or three years. Right. First show I did in Bristol, where my hometown in Bristol in England, um, killed crushed it. I thought, well, this is easy. Following show, died on my arse. Sorry. Um, And that was largely the experience that I had for many years. It was just either kind of dizzying highs or crushing lows. And it was a really... It's tough. It's really tough. It's a good sort of... um Way to develop skill sets and that a you, thick skin and right? a thick skin. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I've become sort of impervious to. I'm sure the the, the wealth of criticism that could be yeah. levied against me. But the truth of the matter is, is that it, it's a good way to learn. Um, I had someone actually shout once, "Taxi for the comedian." <laughs> Which I thought I thought was just like a I didn't know that people actually said that I right. thought it was just a oh my god yeah you know yeah well and I think largely the rest of the crowd agreed I think some of them were calling an Uber I mean it was right. when they're all together on it it's a yeah. little deflating yeah well, we, um, we we want to delve into into some of your career as as an actor and and doing uh, what you've done but obviously you're here to promote a film fighting with my yeah, family. Yeah. And uh, nice having Dwayne Johnson on board. It's always nice having Dwayne involved oh. in any capacity of, oh your, of your life. Yes. yes. Did uh, you work uh, with him on, the, on Tooth Fairy? Yes, I did a film called Tooth Fairy. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, how old were you at the time? I, I, I have kids. <laughs> I just had my voice. I have kids, and, and so I'm, I'm required to watch some of their programming from time it's to time. It's amazing how mm-hmm. if you have kids, there's a whole other avenue of movies and TV, right, that you're exposed to that, yeah. uh, you know... <laughs> Oh, there was some sort of witch uh, magic show that just uh, 
season two came out on Friday uh, on Prime, and I had for four hours just sat there and. And you don't even remember what it was called. It's just no. some weird one magic witch show. Yep. So, so this this project is 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 based on a uh, there was a documentary I think it aired so in twenty twelve. So as right. I call him, um, he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're allowed to. Thank you. Yeah. He. Uh, was in England. He was filming Fast and Furious 6. Right. And he was in a hotel room. He couldn't sleep one night. And he saw on British TV this documentary about this real-life family of British wrestlers. Mum, dad, all the kids wrestle. Yeah. And they play to kind of tiny little provincial, half-filled theatres in right. England. And Dwayne, coming from a, a wrestling family... Uh, kind of responded to them and, and actually ended up becoming loosely involved in their lives. And basically, the family dream was to get their two teenage kids into WWE, as you can imagine, the big leagues of wrestling. But only the daughter got signed. Uh, she became later known as Paige. She went off to uh, to WWE and at the age of 18, 4,000 miles from home, I had to train. Brother got left behind. It sounds like it's a, it's a dark and heavy story. It's actually a very fun Ultimately, I think very uplifting, and it's appropriate that I'm in Philadelphia. Quite a sort of rocky underdog story at, at the at the core of it. Well, it's funny because we we have the wrestlers come through here quite often, and every one of them, to a person, a man, woman, what well, doesn't matter, their abilities as showmen is they're just exemplary. They're really good. They come with stories. They're charismatic. And uh, also to see what kind of family creates somebody, because I'm familiar with 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 Paige and yeah. and, and the whole thing. Uh, it, it is kind of interesting, but all the reviews and everyone says it is. It, it has that heartwarming edge to it. When and it's a bizarre thing that a family business is this wrestling. Well, it was I uh, when Dwayne sent it to me, uh, DJ. Uh, when you said it to oh, me, I'm DJ now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of, rock, Rocky. I, I in this interview, you became more familiar with yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. He actually makes me call him Mr. Johnson. But for the purposes of this interview, um, uh, DJ uh, sent it to me, and I, I thought, oh, wrestling, because I didn't know anything about wrestling. I wasn't no. interested, and I sort of. Uh, I sort of sat there and I thought, well, I better watch it because it's The Rock, you know, and, yeah. and you, you do what he says. Um, and uh, and I was really charmed by this family. I love their passion for this crazy thing called wrestling. That They talk about it, how it sort of it saved them from darker times. The dad, Ricky, had been in and out of jail when he was young. And, oh, yeah, he was in and out of jail. And his wife, Julia, says, mainly, uh, mainly violence. <laughs> and um, and uh, so they, they had... They had tough times in the past, and wrestling kind of, like the way that alcoholics will talk about Jesus, kind of really saved their lives. It was, you know? yeah, they're saving issues. But, but, but so in the end, I realized this is not really a story about wrestling, in the way that I'd argue Rocky's not really about boxing, right? No. It's about this kid and this, these dreams he has. Mm -hmm. A love story. And it is a love story, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and so so I didn't approach this as a wrestling movie. I just It just is a, it's a story about a family and their dreams, and this yeah. girl having to live this this family dream, both for herself and for, and for her... Uh, family uh and to see her brother fail at yeah. what he wanted equally as much right right yeah. right right because that's it there's many many sports movies as it were about exceptional people but actually many of people just get left behind yeah, right? and yeah. how do you, what do you do then how do you pick yourself up when you've when you've been told no no it's a great it's a it's a classic sort of dynamic right yeah you're doing a lot of press uh steven about this movie and i saw that you sat down with uh dj and, uh, and and we're interviewed by Kevin Smith, and I'm I'm wondering what the interview process is like when Kevin Smith is doing the interviewing because he's very verbose, and when you ask him a question, he can talk for a half hour. Is uh, is the interview like that with Kevin as well, or does he allow you guys to talk? I really liked Kevin. I'd never been interviewed 
interviewed by him before, but he was great. But yes, when you when you're with DJ, you you know he's got the fastest, he's got the, the most the tightest schedule I've ever known, the tightest abs and the tightest schedule of anyone I've <laughs> ever met. Go hand in hand, and, it's yeah. really, you, and so you you can't you've got you know you've got that seven minute window with him. And yeah, Kevin's first question was about six minutes. <laughs> we've, so, had, um, we've had him on the show. He didn't have much time yeah. for any answers. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's uh, KS as we call him is, 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 is a friend Smith, of the I show. Him Smitty, really good <laughs> KS. Yeah. Like, oh, we know him well, uh, but he he. He is such a fan of this stuff uh, and, and such a genre fan. And he inter- interviewed you uh, at Sundance as well, That's which right. is where the film premiered. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you because... Well, he actually, his best question, can I just... Yeah, please, his best question yeah. was if you were making a biopic, because uh, it's obviously a real life story, if you were making a real story and you were acting in it, you were starring in it, who would you make the life story of? And I've never been asked that question before. And I realized that the person I would want to make a movie about is this guy called David Prowse. Oh, oh David Prowse. Yeah. So yeah. David Prowse was inside Darth yeah. Vader, right? But of yeah. course, famously, James Earl Jones did the voice. And, suppo- and, and so David Prowse is from my neck of the woods in, in wow. England. He's got the same accent as me. Now, when you hear me speaking, you think, my God, that like, guy sounds so sophisticated. <laughs> he sounds like Hugh Grant. <laughs> if you were English, you'd know I sound very provincial okay. and a kind of yokely. Right. right? And, um, and so David Prowse has the same voice. And so... So the legend goes, he didn't know they had revoiced him with James Earl Jones until yeah. the premiere. That's true. And he no. sits there and he's watching it. And of course, he's so he's been on set doing all the. All right, Luke, I'm your father, me old, me old barber. <laughs> Come and have a drink, mate. And um, and gets there, and then James Earl Jones is doing that amazing yeah. voice, and apparently, obviously, devastated. So, well, he's he's actually if, to know who, if you want to see him what he what he really looks like if you watch in Clockwork Orange. There's a there's a house where they attack in the beginning the droogs and then they go back later and he has this bodybuilder living with him and that bodybuilder is David Prowse. Yeah, I, I, I admit I was hoping none of you knew what he looked like. <laughs> uh, I'm not a perfect physical fit. He looks a lot have, like DJ. He yeah, like, he's basically right. I'll he's do huge. the voice and DJ will do the body. <laughs> well, you could always bulk up. You yeah. know, one of those incredible transformations. Mm. So when you were shooting the actual wrestling sequences. Rumor has it you did it at the Staples Center after a Raw event. Is that correct? Yes. We had one hour, very gracious of the WWE, yeah. uh, given they're involved with the movie, to give us one hour after a uh, Monday Night Raw telecast. It requires a, a lot of planning, I'm sure, when you're trying to knock off scene after scene after scene. Right. Well, we had to. We wanted to recreate this this giant match. with, yeah. And obviously, we couldn't afford 20,000 extras. And so they kept these uh, 20,000 fans back. Uh, we invited them to stay. We didn't just lock the doors <laughs> and start rolling That's a the fire cameras. Hazard. But Dwayne came down and uh, and sort of uh, emceed the event, and and we only had that one hour. And I said to him, I mean, if you've never seen uh, Dwayne in front of a wrestling crowd, yeah. it's insane. I mean, people go crazy. It's like Elvis has come back, and um, so he and so I said, please just keep it tight. Go out, explain what we're doing. Get off. He goes out there just twenty minutes on the mic. He's ad-libbing, he's yeah. making jokes. And I'm, I'm like, the clock's ticking, we haven't got much time to film. I'm the only person who's ever been screaming <laughs> to Dwayne Johnson to get out of a wrestling room. <laughs> but is, is there something to... to we've, we've all been to the events, and it was, again, it was not, wrestling was not my thing right. initially. When you realize where, what they're going for, and the self-knowing tone, and the Absolutely. whole thing, and the audience adulation, and you go to an actual event, there's nothing like it's it. It's really, really fun. It is unique. I, I, like I say, I had never been. Dwayne took me to uh, WrestleMania. No big deal. And uh, <laughs> and he came out, and he, <laughs> he came out with a flamethrower. And set foot to a 10-foot sign of his name, and he milked that for 10 minutes before he said wow. a word. Wow. And the crowd were screaming the whole time. It yeah. is extraordinary. But then the athleticism, the showmanship, it's really, really fun. But I would I would emphasize the movie, if you don't like wrestling, as I did not when I right. started this project, you will enjoy it anyway. It's really okay. not just for the wrestling fan. Right. It's, uh, 
Stephen Merchant is with us, and uh, I want to talk about your acting roles real quick. And <clears throat> one that I was not aware that it was you until afterwards, but uh, and and with now the Academy Awards coming up, and Black Panther is starting to win awards yep. and is up for Best Picture. Uh, you were in a movie that we had said could have and should have had that that uh, that barrier been broken down of allowing these action and especially superhero you movies mean Tooth Fairy? to maybe be too <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly no, to be taken a little more seriously was Logan obviously right. and you played Caliban in yes. that uh, which was this horrible I, I mean not horrible but he was a, he was a broken sad character and and it, there was so much drama in that tell us a little bit about that film and and uh, that character and playing he that. was a giant. Uh, albino mutant. It was typecasting. <laughs> and, um, very muscular. Yes, very thin, kind of lo- very pale. So, so there's a picture of him right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you don't remember, he, yes, I kind of almost look like that famous uh, the, the the way that death is portrayed in the in, um, in the uh, Seventh Seal. Uh, right? Max von Sydow. That's yeah, right. The oh, kind I of bald head and Ted's excellent. It's the same one. But yeah, in fact, when I had that makeup on, obviously uh, Marvel won't let you leave the set. But I wanted to just like go down to a uh, a funeral home and just uh, <laughs> oh, say, "I'm here for my four o'clock." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show me what you or have. just go or just go to a uh, an old people's home and just stand oh, in the garden, God. just pointing. Oh my just, God! Just mouthing your neck. That would have been. Awesome. That'd be fun. But, now, uh, was that part yours, or did you have to audition for no, it? No, I auditioned, and uh, James Mangold, was a, the director, was incredible and kind of... I've never had an audition like it because he's so intense, and he's so... He, he's so, stand up, sit down, hold this, take your glasses off. I can't say anything, I'm flapping around. <laughs> it was a really kind of really interactive um, audition, but yeah, he... I, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think there's any other pale-faced, <laughs> six-foot-seven guy he's working in Hollywood. I think it was a shoe-in that I get the role. <laughs> well, really. they can do a lot with effects these days. Yeah, but so I think they, they didn't have guaranteed. the budget for CGI, so they, they came to me. But you're, you're inherent, I think, you're, 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 um, you're, your heart, you felt sympathy for this character, mm-hmm. and it was... Logan was just such a, a, a departure and such a cool way to go you know, for that yeah. to, to be that the, the and it was a hard R, too. a hard R, they yeah. Really... That they, they went after. Well, I thought it was going to be too bleak for people. I was surprised at the response and how much people responded to it because I really thought, oh, this is very extreme and almost depressing because we were in that mode of of uh, the Marvel movies being a lot more lighthearted and kind of fun and jokey, and suddenly along comes this thing with. You know, lots of death and well, it was it, it it was it was a home run. I, I we yeah. have to ask a bit about because uh, we're all huge fans of The Office. Yeah, and and obviously the, the, you 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 met you met uh, Ricky Ricky Gervais during ra- when you were on doing radio. radio. Like okay. I say, my radio, my first love, and I joined a radio station in England that was just setting up, and right. he was working there behind the scenes. He wasn't even on the air, which was <laughs> is that slight wild? misuse of him. <laughs> oh my god! But, uh, yeah. but he was your he was it was actually an office. I mean, he was were, my boss, and, and I sent my resume in, and I think. Um, um, he's a very lazy man, and I think it was the, on the top of the pile. Right. And he thought this guy'd be fine. Right. And he called me up, and I we hit it off almost immediately. That's and, great. Um, uh, unfortunately, the radio station uh, launched the day after Princess Diana died. Oh. So, as you can imagine, no yeah. one was really in the mood for a yeah. sort of alternative rock right. station with an irreverent sense of humor. So it took a while to kind of gather momentum after that. Yeah. But uh, eventually, we went on the air, and that was when we things started to click for us, and uh, and off we went, really. And That's so your, your relationship with him, and obviously, uh, uh, the, the 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 things you've done together are great. And Idiot Abroad is one is, a, is one of our <laughs> favorites. Uh, and and uh, uh, that whose concept was that? Well, that was one of those situations again, and I, can't, I don't want to speak to anyone in this room, but yeah. we did radio, and yeah. we got given a producer, and he wasn't supposed to speak, and he, we just asked him a question one day on the air, <laughs> and his answer was insane. Yeah. 
And uh, and we thought, wait a minute, there's something, there's an untapped gold something mine here. here. And yeah. Carl was that guy, and we would start asking him questions. And I remember the first sort of sign was he was telling a story about growing up, and he was talking away. Da, 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 da. Anyway, in the house next door, the people who live next door, they, they're the ones who, who who had a horse that they kept in the living room. Anyway, and he moved on, and <laughs> right, we're like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> right, right, right. There was a horse that lived in the living room. Yeah. And the stuff which we thought was interesting was not the stuff he thought was fascinating. <laughs> and so, somebody uh, not, not not interested at all in traveling. Not interested not in all. traveling, and yeah. then eventually we we started. Yeah, we started sending him to these other countries. So he's um, really like that. He's 100% like that. <laughs> it's a fascinating show. I mean, it's a fish out of water kind of a show, and, right. and you sent him around the world, but he his responses to those situations are, uh, are are great. Well, that's it, and he just has a very natural instinctive reaction. Like, he goes to the Great Wall of China, and he's like, it's not a great wall. It's a fine wall. I would say it's a great wall. Uh, you know, and they're just, they're, just such, they're just such instinctive, natural responses. Yeah. And it's not, you can tell it's, so, you know, you can tell when things are, are just padded and... and but that it seems to be an innate response of his yeah, to but these he just very never, scenarios. He just doesn't think what he's saying. So you'll just be talking to him. I remember one of the early times was he we were on the air and he said, um, "What are those things in that movie Gremlins called?" <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins car. The clues in the title. That's great. Oh, great. That's great. Uh, we had that with a guy who was like, oh, you remember that game where you would operate on the guy? And, uh, yeah. yeah. Operation. He's doing an operation. Yes. yes. But he's sweet. You root for Carl. And, and, he's he's an idiot. Yeah. and you, so you, you end up caring well, about no this idiot. There's no malice. Exactly. So yeah. he'll say these things, um, and and they're not intended right. to, to be malicious or sure. just ignorant. Really, yes. You know? Uh, Stephen, there's... Uh, we we, we had said when teasing the fact that you were going to be here that there's one bit that we had to bring up to you that we reference many times over the years. And I'll just say one phrase to you, and it should bring it right to your ma- mind, which is, I've got full-blown AIDS. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Liam Neeson teaching yeah. him improvisational comedy right. is just golden. Just absolutely golden. You yeah. guys had to have hit, been stifling laughter the whole time oh, when you were going through that. Oh, it's impossible to get through that. And yeah. to know that you hit pay dirt because you could ask someone to do that Neeson had to have a bit of the skill to do it. Of course. And to know course. how to stay in his lane because that could fail miserably but it's a home run. I uh, I met him on a talk show yeah. and uh, and he said oh I like what you guys do and then, and then whenever someone said that we would leap on them immediately. I don't mean physically but <laughs> right. you know, we would contact them immediately and say well you said you like the show so we can you do something with this and you know and we had this idea of, sort of someone very serious minded who wants to try and get into comedy and right. the idea of Neeson being that person I mean a man that you know yeah. aside from many things from Schindler's List yeah. kind of wanting to get into comedy and there's nothing about Liam Neeson's on screen right. character right that suggests he's a funny Man, although Nothing. he's a very warm, humorous man in real life, but so I mean, it was yeah, it was I, unbelievable. It, it's, it's just great. I have to ask if this is um, a movie, uh, uh, fake movie lore. But were you part of the Beauty and the Beast film? Was there a cameo that you were involved in that yes. was excised from the film? That's right. They made a live action Beauty and the Beast, right? Which I loved, by the way. I Thank thought it was you. a wonderful, uh, wonderful film. And the there, the joke was that Mike. At the end, everyone comes. They get turned back from the things they've been turned into, right? So there's right. a teapot and all the rest of it, and they get turned back into their real lives. And um, the joke was that I was just soaking wet, and I'd been turned into the uh, into the toilet, <laughs> and it just cuts to me, and I'm just there, and I I, I think I was improvising. I was just going, the horror, <laughs> the horror. 
That would have been great. I, I, be, I guess Disney felt that it yeah. wasn't That you were the toilet. Yeah. It would have been great. Because yeah. you do think in, in Beauty and the Beast, it's all things that are the, the pleasant, like a right. you know, wonderful little... Like, like the, the grandfather clock yeah, or whatever. Yeah. the wardrobe or whatever, and that's all great, but not the toilet. Not, like a bidet would have been good. Right. Yeah. right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so they cut me out. So <laughs> so with this, how, how, how much of the promotion, and I know you're out pushing the film, how, how, much, how much traveling, you know... How long does this run for you? Well, I came from Sundance, then to um, Houston, and then I've been to Chicago. We actually landed the day of the polar vortex. So oh, man, wow. That's really intense. Uh, you, no, yeah. uh, we know that it can get cold over in, in England, and we, but do it, that, that, that's a, that even for here is a level oh, of... It was, uh, I have never known cold like it. Yeah. it was, and it goes, I think it says a lot about how passionate I am about this movie, <laughs> that I was you know, willing to go to that right. to, to celebrate this film. Also, I'm contractually obliged. <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was intense. As well, wow. had you ever worked with uh, Nick Frost before? I hadn't. I love Nick Frost though. He's just—he's so funny. We've had him in the studio a couple of times. He—he mm-hmm. he is. He's hilarious. He's really talented. And uh, and uh, for people who don't know, who does he play in this movie? So he plays the father, Ricky. Um, Nick is. Uh, because the real guy is funny, but he's also got a, a great warmth to him. You were talking about Carl, and I think yes. Nick has that as well innately. But at the times, he's tough. You know, like I say, he's a guy in real life who who had did prison time early on in his life, and so and Nick uh, not only kind of has a physical resemblance, but also. Um, loves wrestling. So he was one of the few people, aside from Dwayne, on the production who actually already had a pre-existing passion for it. And we, he was excited because he got to jump around in the ring. Yeah, oh God, yeah. About. He's actually physically pretty adroit. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of movies where he's done um, the, the last in the uh, in the trilogy with... Um, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the last oh, film. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having a break. World, 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 World End. End, yeah. Right, yeah, well, yes. So he's, it, there's, a, there's a ton of fighting and he's in that. great at doing and that, kind of the yeah. pratfalls and the, and the physical stuff, yeah. Did, did he have to geek out a little bit with Dwayne about breath? Wrestling and they and actually only met at Sundance. No, okay. yeah, 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 they okay. were in scenes together. Uh, are you a wrestling fan? Where did you? Work? I am now. I right, didn't. Okay. I never understood it when I was. You growing weren't up. into the British Bulldogs. Well, you see, now when I was growing up in the year, late seventies, early eighties, my grandfather used to watch British wrestling, and British wrestling was huge in the seventies. But let me tell you, if you've never seen, there was a guy called Big Daddy. <laughs> there was a guy called Giant Haystacks. These were just really tall, fat men. Okay, <laughs> that was oh, all they did. They had no athleticism. The they would just yeah. bump bellies, and people would go crazy. <laughs> and, yeah. It was, and I remember being a fan of Big Daddy. I'd never even seen him wrestle. I just, he was an icon. Yeah. And, um, and so, but I used to watch, my granddad would watch it and I'd walk in. I'd be like, what is going on? I didn't understand what it was. So I never got into the groove of it. There he is. It, it start, yeah, it's, and in fact, in, in the earlier days of wrestling here, when it was big in the 50s on television, that you would have guys like this. But the truth of the matter is, it, it morphed. You had these incredibly, um, then you had these incredibly. <clears throat> imposing muscular guys but at that time you had people who had like written for the uh, the Conan O'Brien show right. were being paid to write these and I remember checking yeah. it out occasionally and going, well, that's a little sharper than I thought this was. That, oh, that, yeah, like you said, there's a real, there's a, there's a humor to it and yeah. there's a knowingness to it. Right. And um, there's a there's a real showmanship. I mean, it, it's, 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 someone described it as being like soap opera in spandex. That's really what it really is. made sense to me then. I think once you under, once you tune into that, and there's a great, it has a great sense of humor So people are, forget. Oh, you have uh, Lena, uh, uh, Lena Hedy in, in the film, yes. Mm-hmm. She, she's the mom. Uh, are, you, are you a Game of Thrones fan? Look, as far as she's concerned, yes. <laughs> I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I don't. I know people love it, but I just—I'm not into dragons. What can I tell you? Okay. It's not your thing. 
show. I know it's more than dragons. I know it's more than that. It is. It is. And the, the whole first season doesn't even really touch on that. It's really sad. It's mostly wrestling. It's, it's mainly wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the mountain's yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah we had him boy. in here from yeah. that series. I don't know if you're familiar with this guy. He well, is. she's phenomenal. Yeah. She's, she's great. Yeah. yeah well, everyone, I mean, because the stuff I have seen is obviously she's this kind of quite ice queeny character right and this is completely she's, antithetical yes. to that right she in fact she very sweetly auditioned for me because she was very passionate about being involved with the project really? but i did not know if she was the right fit huh. from what people had told me what i'd seen of game of thrones but um but she just killed it she crushed wow. it wow yeah. excellent well the well, reaction's been great and the, yeah, the reviews are you. awesome and they and they you know they they do you know that your 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 much known sharp sensibility your comedic uh, ability but it's it's touching and that's what they're it is. it's on. a very uplifting i think inspiring yeah uh, as i say rocky style underdog story there you go fighting with my family is uh, hitting theaters and thanks for coming by cuz we're fans of you likewise and, i really uh, enjoy myself guys really happy to have you in here steven merch again yeah. thanks for being here we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment get social with preston and steve Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're excited to have our next guest in the studios. You've seen him in TV shows and films, and now you get to see him live on stage here in Philadelphia. Very cool. cool. Anything from Silicon Valley to Patriot State to Crazy Rich Asians to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. A little list goes on, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jimmy O. Yang. Yeah. How you doing, Jimmy? Morning. I'm doing well. That's great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, I mentioned all those all those credits, and uh, you know, you do comedy, uh, but I, I want to point out, man, you're a solid uh, dramatic actor as well. Patriot's Day, you were fantastic in. Thank you so much. Uh, sadly, not a lot of people watched it, but I'm. I'm I love that. Know, movie, it, it, so it's made the jump over to uh, like HBO and stuff like that, and people are, right. are seeing it. Yeah. But it, it it is a movie that is very well done. Uh, and Mark Wahlberg and everybody is, is really good. And, and who's the director? Was Peter um, Peter Berg? Peter Berg was really really good. And he and Wahlberg work well together. And yeah, you, you played a role of a story that I really didn't know. And and, right. I, and I'm watching. You know, they, they were taking different people. This if, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about the the Boston Marathon bombing. And it took a bunch of different people's and their uh, their experiences, mainly focused on. Uh, the pursuit of the brothers. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but your character was the one who was kidnapped, held hostage uh, by the, those guys, and eventually escaped and alerted the police. Hey, I know where these guys are. I know who they are. I didn't know that story. Yeah, that guy was amazing. Yeah, uh, Danny Mang, Chinese immigrant, you know, college student, and this is about, of course, the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah, and uh, I bugged him every other day. Spoiler <laughs> alert: He stays alive. You know, <laughs> yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I bugged him every day when I was in Boston, and we had dinner, like went to Chinatown every other. Day. It was he was a really nice, warm guy, and he came to the premiere and uh, tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, "Hey, I think you did a great job." Oh, oh, that's that's nice. Nice. There you go. Nice. I mean, it's yeah. weird. It's uh, to me, it always seems to be one of the weirdest things. And some actors have, uh, you know, the, the desire to go speak with the person that they're playing, and other people right. don't want to. And that, you know, I guess it's whatever the technique that works for that particular actor. 
I think if you have someone that you could glean some insight from, right. that that would benefit the performance, you know? Yeah, and he was super nice. It's not like he was asking for money or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that that would be weird. Sure, for $1,000. Yeah, for $1,000, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> but, uh, but obviously a lot of great comedic roles, uh, fresh off the boat, and I'd mention the movies and yeah. all that stuff. So um, is, is stand-up comedy where you kind of started or acting, yeah. or what? where'd you begin? That's where everything started. Okay. I started doing stand-up at the Ha Ha Comedy Club. Ha Ha, yeah. In L.A. Uh, I had to pay $5 for five minutes of stage time. Mm-hmm. That's what it used So the, It's quite common a lot of times when you mm-hmm. do stand-up. In the early days, you either have to do one or two things. You'll pay or you have to promise I'll bring in ten people to watch. Exactly. It's called a bringer show. Right. And I, and I did that, too. And honestly, I've, I've had times where I only brought in three people instead of, like, five, <laughs> and they wouldn't let me on stage. I'm really? like, just let me on stage for three minutes. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. But you, know. you studied you studied economics, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, economics. University yeah. of San Diego? Uh, uh, UCSD. U- okay. Yeah. Now, was your commencement speaker Mike Judge? Yeah. Who How later, crazy was that? The, the showrunner for uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Look, I, I didn't even think I was going to be an actor then. You know, I was barely starting to do open mics. Uh... And Mike is probably the only cool person that ever went to UCSD because <laughs> everybody else is like an engineer or like neuroscientist or something like that. Right. And Mike was a physicist. He's he's a he's what? Mensa level smart. That dude. He's a genius. Yeah. He's a genius. He ended up working uh, to program fighter jets. No. Wow. And that's how he started working in the Silicon Valley in the eighties uh, during like one of the original tech booms. The creator of Beavis and Butthead <laughs> has that that, ki- that kind of mental. Uh, skill set. It's amazing. Yeah, and he was he's toured as a professional bassist for like bluegrass bands. The guy's a genius. Yeah, wow. yeah. So okay. so a little little did you suspect. But so after that, after the economics and everything, you 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 were yeah. born in Hong Kong, correct? I was born in Hong Kong. Yeah. Came came here. I know you have a book called uh, How to American an Immigrant's Guide to Disappointing Your Parents. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. And um, so you come here, and uh, you had relatives in the states, uh-huh. and you came here to uh, to, to live. And so, uh, but the so you and I think you're working. You know, you're working at a, a financial firm, or where where was it? You, right yeah, now? it was uh, Smith Barney, Smith which Barney. was under Citigroup, and okay. I graduated 2010 from okay. college, which is right after the financial crash of 2008. <laughs> it's a perfect time. Nobody in finance was hiring, and nobody was going to trust a 22 year old kid with their money. Right, you know. So um, my dad hooked me up with an internship. And, like, one day he came home, like, he was like, Jimmy, you know, great news. They're going to hire you full-time. You're going to be a great financial advisor. And literally, like, tears of joy was coming out of his eyes. And I thought that was just the worst news ever. <laughs> like, that to me sounded like a death sentence, you know? <laughs> And I just didn't know how to tell him. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this, you know. And but out of obli- your sense of obligation, you figured you at least had to give it a try. Exactly. It was, I always thought it was, because... The, the subtitle of the book, you know, Emerson's got it, Disappointing Your Parents. For me, disappointing your Asian parents is the same as, you know, pursuing your dreams. It's, it's, those two are the same thing. Uh, do you have, do you have they're the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, wow. do you have older siblings or anything like that? I did, my brother, and he is in finance. So, you know, so that's going to be even more of a disappointment as well. I, I ran into something similar. My older brother is a chemist. My older sister was a math teacher. And then I started doing radio, and my dad was like... 
when are you going to, like, start your life? And I was like, but, yeah, but I, but I am. Like, get a real job. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but, And we know it, it. It's the truth. I mean, there was that, that, that tiger mom, you know, she wrote mm-hmm. that book. And, it, 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 you know, and you, we just get this sense. I mean, obviously, the, 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 the list of academic uh, accomplishments with, you know, within the Asian community is, is legendary. So, yeah. so, yes, I would imagine the onus is on you to, to do that. So how did you, did you just start doing it and hope you get enough success to warrant it? Or did you just say... I'm going to go for this. I I, ha- I had to, like, disappoint my parents in order to not disappoint myself. Yeah. Like, that was the creed that I lived by. So I, after college, um, I did the internship for a little bit just to appease my dad. And then after that, I got three jobs in, uh, when, I, when I graduated. I, I was a used car salesman. <laughs> I, 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 I worked at a comedy club as a doorman in exchange for stage time. And then I was a strip club DJ at night. So I did all those three things, still not knowing what I wanted to do. Okay, right, just we, to figure we, out what we, I... have, we have m- multiple questions there. Casey, well, so, so strip club <laughs> DJ, but so you paid basically for your stage time at a comedy club. Did you have to? Because I, I thought this is the way it worked at strip clubs, at least mm. some here in Philly. Do you pay for your booth and then you work off of tips from the dancers? Or oh, they just um, straight up paid you? No, no, no. They, they, they paid me, I think it was like 75 bucks a shift. And if the dancers wanted to tip me, you know. They could tip me, uh, but there's no customers in that club, so nobody ever. Tipped me. <laughs> what was it? Were you doing like day stripping, or was it was it a night stripper? It, it was night stripping. It was, it was after my uh, comedy club show. There was no prime time in that club at any time. <laughs> it was called Fantasy Showgirls. It was sh- it's shut down now. Okay, and um, they had like two customers at most, and it, it became my job became. Like really doing crowd work on those yep. two guys <laughs> and really hassling the two people. It was sad. So, yeah. did you have in in almost every strip club DJ has the same delivery? Yeah, all right, fellas out there, let's put your hands you together. Know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Were you doing? It that? was the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. You go into like a strip club DJ voice. Yeah, I never learned it, but I guess I heard it somewhere. It's yeah. Like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, two for one lap dance is coming up right now. Guy with the gray shirt in the front, don't be shy with you, Ollie. Get two. Two for one lap dancer with your favorite dancers. I saw you eyeing Milan and Jade. You can get two for one. For the next ten minutes. It's just that voice. Yeah. Mercedes on the main stage. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's only one stage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, this place really was bad. It was, it was yeah. sad, man. Uh, Jimmy, I wanted to ask about your character Bernard Ty. Oh yeah, in Crazy Rich Asians. That douchebag friend that, mm-hmm. that, for some reason, the guys all just keep in their circle for right. whatever reason it is. Yeah. Number one, did you have any friend in mind when you were being that character? <laughs> did you do you or or, or do uh, it had to have been a fun character to play? First of all, absolutely, super fun, super douchey, and I took a heart deep look into myself. <laughs> and I'm like, this might be me. Uh, you know, I, well, I, you know, the process is a douchebag, though. Know? I think uh, he's in a part of all of us. There, yeah. There's a part of us that want to be this billionaire playboy that lives by no rules and is a complete douche. So you just kind of let let that part out yourself, you know, and uh, it was really fun. That character made the movie for me. It was oh, great. And it was, there was certain, also, you have these people, you have the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the stud, the main protagonist mm-hmm. there, uh, who's who's very demure about the the uh, spending. Yeah, and here you are going. No, let's go for it. Yeah, were you surprised at how popular the movie was and how it took off? Um, 
we weren't expecting it. We we're hoping it'll be big, you know, because it's very important for our community yeah. in a way, just so that we can make more movies with our faces on it, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Asian community, for anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. I was amazed when we did um, did the press tours and stuff. And well, actually, one of my stops was here in Philly. Okay. Right? We stopped by Mac Mart and gave out a bunch of like lobster mac and cheese. We <laughs> we went to Barclay Prime. I wouldn't pay for this myself, but we had a $120 cheesesteak, the yeah. Crazy Rich cheesesteak. Yep. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. That, that was what I remember from Somebody Philly. told me that you guys were in this building. I think so. I forget. I honestly forget which show it was. Like, cause it was uh, but we were here. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to complain about that. Yeah. Because, uh, you didn't come like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So in, in, the, in the film, your character shoots a, uh, a, a, a missile launcher yeah. several times. What, were those just fireworks inside that, or is it all CGI, or did they have you shooting? It was a real missile launcher, but it was CGI fireworks. Okay, okay I don't okay. think it'll be safe for me to, yeah. you know, <laughs> shoot it. But, you know, it's just a testament to my acting, you know. Yeah, you got to yeah, do the yeah. boom, you know, as yeah. as if as if the you recoil. fell back a couple steps. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Well but, done. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a very heavy, it's like 30 pounds, and... It was like 120 degrees in, uh, this was in Malaysia. Okay. And great, great job to our set decorator. You know, so it's magnificent. The scene was on a cargo ship and yeah. it was like functional, like pools, helicopter pads, you know, uh, diving boards, stuff like that. And it was in an empty parking lot in Malaysia that he built all these things. That, like that's where that was. Fun- yeah, man, that looked good, right? Because yeah. the the it's it's the same reason that their lifestyles of the rich and famous was so popular. You, everyone loves to look at, at that sort of lush lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the but the cast was great too. You had Michelle Yeoh, who's oh yeah, legendary, legend. legend. You know, we had uh, Steve Burnin, and he's a, a good friend of the show. And and he was talking about he goes, you know, these there's this whole. I'm a big fan of Hong Kong, you know, cinema yeah. and, and and all that stuff. So these uh, all these people to see them get this sort of celebration for this. First, I mean, a, a super stellar looking cast. Uh, what's yeah. Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan, amazing. Yeah. yeah, and and then obviously, so, but I mean, they had to be putting you up in style. They they can't drive you to a set that's that glorious and then have you go back to the Ramada, right? Were they were they taking care of you? Yeah, yes and no. Like I mean, we stayed in a very nice hotel in Singapore, but at the same time. Uh, we didn't have the biggest budget. It really? Was a, look, it was a $35 million film, yeah. right? And in the book, it said the budget for that wedding was $35 million. Yeah. yeah. So we have to somehow make everything look great. And it would be like handmade, you know, Singaporean suits that we're wearing. And they're some of the greatest tailors there. But inside, we're wearing like a Uniqlo shirt. Okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah. we made it it looked like excess it looked legit everything yeah. looked really top notch so that's cool that they were able to pull that off like that yeah and whenever you put Gemma Chan on stage it just looks like a hundred million dollars she's stunning yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's just incredible uh, yeah. you had mentioned you know uh, uh, the Asian community and, and acting and comedy and I know that you use your social media to, to promote that mm-hmm. and so on so how tight is the um, amongst actors and, and, and comedians uh, are, are, is, is there a community do you, do you get together do you see each other around as far as the Asian uh, performance community goes? Yeah, I think it's it's both. Like, uh, I started off with just a stand-up community, which I thought was so cool. That's one of the main reasons why I did stand-up. So, was- so you've seen Bobby Lee's penis then? <laughs> uh, sadly, no. Oh! I have been left out. Well, like, oh been that God. guy gets naked every time he comes in this studio. Oh, really? I've oh been to his God. house, and he still has not shown me his oh, penis. Like, yeah. We're not even Asian. We're closer we're friends. Yeah. I know. 
Oh, there must be something club. wrong with me. Maybe yeah. he only shows penis to white people. It might be, Dad. That yeah. might be. Yeah. 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 He tells you guys about, listen, here's what I do <laughs> with, the, with the white. <laughs> Whip it out. But yeah, like Bobby was somebody I looked up to. I watched Matt TV religiously. Steve Byrne was somebody I looked up to. Ken Jeong. And now we're all like really close and good friends. That's great. Ken, of course, was in the movie. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, we... we we, we we all love each other and 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 doing this movie one of the greatest thing you know was I felt like I found my creed yeah. you know of yeah. actors comedians because we all kind of went through the same phase of disappointing our parents to do this job <laughs> we all had the same experience and like when we hang out in Singapore there was no questions of like hey can we go to Chinese food like look it's not like weird Chinese food it's just like no no everybody was just down we go to authentic Chinese food and we did karaoke every night everybody was just on the same page and it felt so good you that's know? cool uh, if you're just tuning in it's Jimmy O Yang it's Steve I have a special surprise for you now, this is from a text message so I hope this is correct but did you star with Ken Jong in a BTS music video? I did. Yeah. Steve Holy is a crap. BTS fan. <laughs> I have become a fan of this. I saw them. Uh, this is recent because I saw my uh, Margaret Cho was here and she started uh-huh. laughing, but she was, you know, uh, she got it. They they did that the song that they do with Halsey uh, and and but they, it was without her. I'm not. Uh-huh. I know. I know my Halsey. So they, they did, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and I told these guys I watched it. I was like. <laughs> I was being dismissive on Saturday Night Live, and, and like, and then I suddenly was like, oh, this is really good. I was enjoying the yeah. performance, and now I really do kind of dig them. And now I'm sort of into the the K-pop scene a little bit. It's amazing. It is amazing because again, there's such an over the top nature to what's being done, but it's done with such zeal and joy. I, you'd have to be a rock to not be. Uh, at least get into it a little bit. Are you are you a fan at all? I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, and, and I mean it's the new Backstreet Boys, but they just happen to be Korean. Yeah, you I know, think they're and, better, and that's huge for the community. Once again, like I mean, whenever I meet a girl that tells me she she listens to BTS, <laughs> it's a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just that's it. <laughs> it's great. They're representing man. Like it's great, and they're like sexy. They're like sex symbols worldwide. So it's 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 great. For so us. there's a, there's wow. a, I just found I, was, I think I was showing a video to somebody. It's it's ten uh, uh, girls. I don't know the name of this band, but somebody just said, of course now I get inundated, and somehow I end up on BTS message boards. Yeah, <laughs> nice. The point of my life. But but so uh, it, but uh, there's a lot out there. You know, it's it's cool to discover this. I wanted to ask you something that I saw, and I don't know if this is real. Did you do work with the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, man. You know, people ask me that. Uh, it was one of my very first paid jobs ever. So the Harlem Globetrotters, they go to China for, like, a world tour every year. Right. And they and I was, like, the one of the only Chinese-American comedians they could find. This was, like, 10 years ago. And uh, <laughs> and I was the only one they could afford, I guess. They paid me $200. <laughs> to, to do what exactly? <laughs> to be a consultant. So they sent me the script for the Chinese tour. To make sure nothing's offensive. Oh. Okay. Honestly, I didn't even read the script. <laughs> you're, you're good to go. I didn't know. I was like, that was my first job as a comic. I didn't know. And I skimmed through the script. There's something about, like, they bring out, like, a Hello Kitty thing, yeah. you know, in the middle of their show. I, I just told them for $200. I was like, dude, you know, Hello Kitty's Japanese, not Chinese. Okay, just so you guys know that. <laughs> and that was it. That was, that was... 
my two hundred dollars worth of advice, and and now on my Wikipedia says that I wrote for the Harlem Globetrotters. So. I was like, what the hell could he possibly be writing for the Harlem Globetrotters? Right. Oh, I mean, you know so they're going to win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. Hey, I wanted to ask you about a, a term that I wasn't familiar with that I did learn in in Crazy Rich Asians was uh, they talk about being called a banana. Oh yeah. Uh, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Is that an insult amongst uh, the Asian community? Yeah. Well, an not, Asian to Asian insult of sorts? kind of like a nice nudge, like like okay. you know why, why are you acting so white type of deal. Okay. Is that like an Asian version of like an Uncle Tom? Yeah. Like yeah. An Oreo. Well, well, that that's a bit harsher. We have a term for that called Uncle Chan. If you look on uh, the hater Asian Twitterverse, you know, <laughs> the ton of that. Asian Twitterverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a uh, 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 banana, a Twinkie, you know? Okay. Something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, right. I've always wanted to go to, to Hong Kong, and uh, it, it just looks, you know, like a fascinating. How, how old were you How when you left? I was 13. Okay, she Very awkward age to yeah. come wow. to a different country. Yeah. You know? What? All right, uh, real quick then, what is your what is your Asian name then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... Uh, my in Cantonese is uh, instead of Jimmy. My Asian first name is uh, Man Sing, or in Mandarin, it's Wan Chen. It stands for ten thousand success. Ten thousand okay. success. Yeah. So my okay. parents were definitely trying to set me up for failure. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like five success. Yeah, yeah, and the last thing means in the world of comedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me that they're proud of you right now. They are. Okay. It, it took them a long time to come around. Uh, I take them to all the premieres. Um, I took them to the Patriots Day premiere, mm. and all my dad wanted was a selfie with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, <laughs> it was it was very embarrassing. Did he no, get it? Understand. He got it. All he right. got it. Uh, same thing with Crazy Rich Asians. They wanted a selfie with Constance and Michelle, and they got that. So they were like real happy about that. But still, they didn't like care that I was there almost. <laughs> but it wasn't until I made it on a Chinese newspaper. Really? Then they were like, oh, okay, he made it. Okay. So. So, so like wow. uh, Silicon Valley, uh, then they know we're not on their radar. They yes and no. My dad understands comedy a little better. Yeah. than My mom, like he loved it. Uh, my mom watched it for the first time. He's like, "Hey, Jimmy, can you not hunch your back?" <laughs> <laughs> He's correcting your posture. Yeah, I was like, "Ma, I, I'm playing a character in the show." It's like, "Okay, play someone who doesn't hunch his back." <laughs> yeah, sure. Speaking of Silicon Valley, I read the other day, six seasons going to be the last one. Yeah, it uh, is. Or you just done announced it. Filming it, or have you started? Or? We just we just had our first table read. Uh, oh. So we're going to go in the end of this month. We're going to start. The table exciting. the table read process is kind of interesting. I've seen footage of it, and and uh, so when you're sitting down there, is that the first time you're reading the script? Well. Uh, it's not supposed to be. You know, they send you the script the night before. Right. You're, you know, you're, you're really good about it. You read it before. Are you sometimes good about Sometimes I read it. it, sometimes I'm not. And All then right. I get caught because, like, I'm way too enthralled in the script, like, as if I'm watching as an audience member. So I get caught not reading it because I'm like, ooh, no way. Oh. <laughs> you know? And then Amanda Crew would turn to me and be like, you didn't read the script. Huh? <laughs> Same but thing it, with, I think there was a famous video out there now with Kit Harrington's reaction of the last season. He starts crying, of, yeah. yeah. When yeah, he finds yeah. out what happens to uh, to his uh, to his to his the lover, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh to Ingrid. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, to this last season. Oh, no, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a birthday coming up. Yeah, uh, this Tuesday. coming week. Yeah, you're right. the day before me. You're the 11th. Oh, really? I'm you're the 12th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gemini. Yeah. yeah. 
You gonna do anything special or birthdays just kind of? Hmm. I don't know. I'm 31 now. I feel like once you pass 30, it's nothing. Yeah, special. I'm 31 too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I just like a nice dinner and go to a local bar. You know. Okay. Some chill. Cool. Any any woman in your life these days, or or anyone in your life? Uh, you romantically? know, maybe maybe not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> depends yeah, on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah depends I'm, on what city I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, come on. Did see meet some BTS fans? Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you and Gemma Chan hit it off. Uh, we did the press tour together. Yeah, she, yeah. she's great. She's amazing. But she she she's in uh, Britain. Well, she's in Britain. Speaking quickly of that, uh, there's talk about a second one. Yes. Um, yeah, I think you, they're I writing it. Be it's based it. on three books. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be about. Hopefully, I'll be a part of it. Yeah, and, it'd uh, be nuts to not have you in it. I know, right? Yeah. And we, we're such a your, close family. Your character stood out so much that they could, if, if the success yeah. continues, they could spin it off and yeah. have your own movie. That would be fun. I would love that. I love playing that guy. It's so freeing. Just give you uh, weapons to shoot. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's like when um, like really good people get to play villains, and they're so good at it. Yeah. Because it's just not, you know, it's like, oh, fun. oh, I can be yeah. bad and mean. and, and They relish it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, anything in the works right now that uh, that we should keep an eye out for as far as uh, Yeah, did a couple things. So funny, he says Steve Byrne, yeah. uh, he just directed a movie that I'm in. He was telling us about it. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it has to do with the opening act. It's called the opening act about yeah. stand-up comedy. It's a really in-depth look at oh, stand-up right. comedy. He's, he's really passionate about it. We love him. He's, 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 he's such amazing. a great guy. And uh, he he did a movie about the magician, the the the, uh, the amazing Jonathan that just came out. Uh, uh, I think right. on YouTube now you can find it. So how, uh, have you got, gotten to see a final cut of opening act or? Uh, no, I haven't. Every other comic has seen it, you know, <laughs> but I haven't yeah. because uh, I think Steve wanted some notes from the other comics, you know, to make it better, to make the cut better. But the actor should never see it, you know, because yeah. if I see it, I'll, I'll have. Too many notes that just about me. Right. <laughs> it's, got, it's got you. It's got Tom Segura, Neil Brennan, Russell Peters, oh, yeah. uh, Cedric the Entertainer, Burr. Bill Burr, yeah. Whitney. It's like the who's who's of comedy. And they all play a part in. Did it. Did you have scenes with these people, or is it shot individually? Yeah, I was the main character. I play basically play like a young Steve going through to my first weekend in a stand-up comedy club, and so I had scenes with everyone, and it was cool. Some of these are like Cedric, Bill are my heroes, and it was my first time meeting them. And it was just so cool. He was effusive wow. about about them, and and also he was um, he was saying how you know he wanted to make sure he got it totally pr- correct for what it's like. Absolutely. for a comedian, very to authentic. Go the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that was super fun to do. And then right after that, uh, I shot a reboot to Fantasy Island. No, is this like a horror movie? It's gonna be a thriller. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a Blumhouse Sony production. Well, Blumhouse is the horror division. That's right. So, oh, wow. so a quick question on that. A lot of people don't realize if you look at the early, the first Ricardo Montalban, yeah, Fantasy Island, there were elements of uh, Twilight Zone ish horror, and very then they did much. one with Malcolm McDowell oh. that went a little bit more horror yeah, and yeah, a little yeah. bit more troubling. Uh, so this is actually, this is a good uh, basis for something to be a little bit darker. Yeah, I think you see, hopefully the trailer will come out soon. Uh, the movie's coming out um, in February uh, of 2020. It's it's dark, and it's very cool. Like, everybody goes in there with what they think is going to be their fantasy, and then it goes awry, just like the show. Yeah. Uh, Nick just pulled up the, the casting. I'm looking at it right now. Michael Rooker's in this. Yeah, amazing. He, he's one of the most awesomely bizarre people we've ever met. He's great. Yeah. Oh, he's great. And he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He and now he's host. doing NASCAR commercials, which are is really he? good. Yeah. Well, the first time I ever saw him was in a movie called Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He's mm. like one of his first. And he's, you know, the guy is, is 
Nobody plays crazy like he does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you see it in this movie. Are you a Are you a guest on the island? I, I, I okay. I am. All right, so some weird stuff could happen to you. Oh yeah, well, you know. I, I think, and I'm I'm gonna say this. It was really nice meeting you. We're never gonna see you again because <laughs> your star is on famous. the rise, and you're gonna be too big for us. That so. is not true. No, man. It's totally Hell, true. we almost and didn't meet you the first you. time. You're in the damn building. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait till Crazy Rich Asian three comes. <laughs> Daniel, oh. Daniel disconnect. You guys yeah. have to come to my man. <laughs> <laughs> Great to meet you, Jimmy. Thanks for Thank coming. You. So nice Enjoy to meet you. Enjoy your time guys. in Philadelphia, Jimmy. Oh yeah. yeah. Take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Take Nick McElwain's birthday for 1,000, Preston. All right, your clue. This local Philadelphia phenomenon visited the Preston and Steve show to play Jeopardy, therefore fulfilling one of Nick's bucket list dreams. Hmm. Who is 16-time Jeopardy champion Ryan Long? That is correct. Hey, see who is victorious. The Daily Rush video featuring Nick and Ryan's unofficial Tournament of Champions is available now on PrestonandSteve.com. There is a uh, BBC presenter, Radio 2 host. His name is Jeremy Vine. And, Jeremy Vine. Yes. And Tonight he, on the BBC. He had a call from a woman, Anne from Chichester. Oh, from here, local. Yeah, he used to live in Chichester. <laughs> Upper right. Chai. Oh. Yeah, Jeremy, I love your show. <laughs> yeah. uh, who was very excited about a butterfly that had taken up residence in her bedroom to hibernate. And so they talked about that for a little while. A little chit-chat about butterflies. Tell me about this butterfly. Fascinating. And then at the end of the call, he said, thanks for listening. Look after that butterfly. Bye, Anne. I love you. <laughs> so he accidentally oh. said, I love you yeah. to a woman he doesn't know right. at all. And it just kind of it just kind of spilled out of him. Uh, and I love stories like this because oh, yeah. the moment you do something like that, at least me, <laughs> like the blood rushes from my head and I'm like, oh, why did I just do that? And I've never, I don't know that I've ever done I love you, but the only example that I have myself personally that I can recall doing that is um, is being on the phone with my mom <laughs> and yeah. after being done call- talking to her saying, Okay, baby, take care. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it's your wife. Like I was talking to my wife, right, baby, thanks. I, baby. Uh, I'm calling my mom, baby. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come over here and give daddy some sugar? Yeah. <laughs> Mommy. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I think that, yeah, that happens to everybody. Oh, my God, yes. Not I, with their I, mom, but just somebody no, else. No, not everyone's having sex with their mom, but the truth of uh, Kathy got a text last week uh, from a co-worker that was not intended for her. <laughs> well, that's no. just an accident, accidental yeah. send, right? Yeah, but it was, it was like a few... Was it graphic? No, no, no. It just was like, uh, you know, good morning, baby, and... Let's it, try two fingers tonight. But that's... <laughs> I mean, not not to that extent. Let's try two fingers. <laughs> oh, my God. But I got a few texts, uh, and finally I was like, you're texting the wrong person. And oh he was God. like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, hello, it's Kathy. And he was like, oh, my God. Oh so sorry. Are the God. names even similar? Like I don't wife know, because I don't know who he was texting. Right. Mm, okay. and, you feel, and then you feel, and then you wonder, so you got multiple. Yeah. 
So, and, and maybe you might let one go and hope that it's perceived that the mistake was made. But if it starts to come, uh, you know, frequently, uh, you're, you're, you have to let them know. Well, and now when everyone's I pa- embarrassed. Now when I pass them in the hallway, I just say, hey, baby. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. You I would told, have to. I told you guys about this when it happened, but I was, uh, you know, helping coach um, baseball. And what I wanted to tell this kid on my son's baseball team, and this kid is a sixth grader at the time, uh, is like, I love the way you hustle. Yeah. And I said, I love you. And I was like, I, I cannot believe I just told this young boy yeah. <laughs> that I love you. I'm just surprised at how your muscular development has come along. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Is this kid going to his uh, parents and, uh, and it, saying, uh Stranger danger. No, well, that's oh, my why, God. Yeah. It's why I you're, talked to it on the air the very next day. I'm yeah. like, dude, I just told this kid that I love him. Your you're, you're, you're phrasing is all, <laughs> it's what's in your mind is the purest thing. Uh-huh. But, I mean, and also with me, a lot of times, the, the, you know, the, when I talk to my wife, you know, uh, you know, love you, love mm-hmm. you. It, I just, it's a, it, I, it, it, I say it. That's how I end the sentence. You're I right. end the conversation. And I've done that before with friends where you forget exactly who you're talking to. Yeah. And love you. Or yeah. it's just out of habit of yeah. wrapping up a phone call that, yeah. that because you do it, you speak to your wife on the phone so often. Yeah, uh, yeah. or baby or yeah. sweetheart. Uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> this is a, a slight departure from what we're talking about, but my buddy has uh, he, he has not gone back to this one pizza place that he used to love to go yeah. to because as he was leaving, he said to the guy something along the lines of like, "All right, man, you know, have a good one." But the guy goes, "Love you too." <laughs> And he's like walking out the door. He's like, I, I didn't say I love you. <laughs> like, that guy, that guy thinks I said I love you. <laughs> and he has not been back since. Or, or did I say I love you? And I didn't. I thought I said take it easy. Um, hang on, I want to go to this uh, caller. Hi, caller. You're on the air. You're all naked. You tell me you love me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Doctor Mike. Wrong way. I don't take it as a sexual thing, Casey. Well, yeah, like but you're, you're different. Yeah, yeah, she, you you she, say that to everybody. That's your thing. And that's a good thing. Uh, look, it's not a thing. We all, listen, in this world, and I don't want to sound like a, like a song, but the bottom line is it just shows a little bit of kindness and a little bit of of love and compassion for our fellow human beings. No, it's that. It's absolutely true, Mike, but let's say you were ordering um, a, a tile to be delivered to your house and you're on the phone with this guy for five minutes and, and uh, you would and accidentally end the conversation with, I love you, sweetheart. I wouldn't say sweetheart. Well, there you go. Well, That's the difference. Is, yeah. yeah. It, 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 if he got me the tiles on time, I'd say, you know what? I love you, man. Yeah. Not love you, but love ya. Yeah, right. that's a little uh, different. Uh, and, and listen, I, I love the fact that you do that. I, I think yeah. it's awesome. And I do love you, Mike. You've, you've been so great to all of us. Absolutely. So, so that's definitely it's sincere. There's different levels of love. I mean, the, the bottom line is that, that you have a someone you, you are romantically involved with. That's a certain level of love. But... Uh, it's all about loving your fellow human beings because that's all we have, folks. Yeah, well, you certainly, un- and we all understand that. But there are some times, and you'll agree to this, where someone blurts out something and they forget who they're talking to, and they get dramatically familiar with someone by accident. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. But spreading the spreading love, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm all about it, Doctor Mike. Well, anyway, I had to chime in. <laughs> no, we know you're the master, and, and you you mean it when you say it, and yep. we love you. 
when you get yes. into a familiar conversation pattern. Uh, I will go next to Steve. Hey, Steve. Preston. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yes. Yep. What's up, man? What did you, uh, what did you want to share? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm the same way, Preston. I do it all the time, man. I'll call my mom, hon. I'll call my wife. Well, I get in, I get in trouble with my wife when I call her mom. Oh. I get, I, I, get, I get the kids and everything, so it's kind of easy to do that with my wife. But There's I, something Freudian going on there yeah. between you yeah. and your mom and your wife. Yeah, and and also, there, yeah, uh, CQ is trying to get in touch yeah. with you. The Pacific Command is trying to get a message. I he was playing Frogger. Hang up. Hang up. I talked to somebody about this, and uh, they said that the reason why people do this is because your loved ones are constantly on your mind nonstop. So it's very easy to be doing this to people, you know, they, that you love. Yeah, I yeah, think your exactly. mom is Morse coding you erotic messages. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That, I've, uh, in all the years of having callers, I've never, never heard, heard the. Uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that sound on the phones before. Uh, I will go next to Denise. Hi there, Denise. Hi. How you guys doing, Gadzooks? Gadzooks, Denise. What's your story? Denise from Reading, Pennsylvania. I listen to you every morning. Oh, thank you. Oh, man. So years ago, an underwriting center. I'm an underwriter talking to my boss on the phone (laughs) about an account, trying to sell it. I want to write it. And at the end, I said, I love you, T. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Was there a pause? Was there a reaction? Oh, my God, she hesitated. I said, 
I love you too, Bush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah, like super inappropriate, but it happens. It does. It it absolutely does. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. There was, uh, I, this is interesting. Somebody said, I accidentally said I love you to my boyfriend at the time who I did not oh, love. No. Oh, oh. Yeah, that must have been, uh-oh, you, you've crossed a, a path that you can't. That was a total mistake. I do not love you. I do not love you. <laughs> yeah. I hope you didn't take uh, that the wrong yeah. way. I would not want you to be encouraged about the prospects of this relationship. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, and, and then there are other types of, of bizarre responses because if we do it out of habit, like somebody says, when people say happy birthday to you and you say, thanks, you too. <laughs> oh, dude. You know? <laughs> my mom has done that on a couple of different occasions. The best is my son. My son, my brother was uh, away at lacrosse camp, and it was my mom's birthday, and he's on the phone with her, and I just hear her go, "Happy birthday to you!" <laughs> but clearly, it was her birthday, and we we just all started cracking up. And then this this year on her birthday, before I left for work, I went downstairs because obviously she's, yeah. she's awake, and I said, "Hey, happy birthday, Grandma!" She goes, "Happy birthday, Casey." <laughs> And I just started cracking up laughing. I it, love that. It's part of the deal. It's, it, we'll get it sometimes when people call in, say, like, like it's, it's uh, you know, it's uh, Dave on calling in. Yeah. Hi, Dave. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> say his own name. Because you're just, <laughs> we have a, it's just a brain fart moment. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. When people say when you're like, uh, you know, heading to the airport or whatever, someone says, uh, have a safe flight. And you're like, yeah, you too. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not going to the airport. No, no, no. Yep. You, what you heard was have a good day or yeah, something yeah. of that nature. I also my, hate- my favorite is, uh, how's it going? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's up? You too. Or, or, <laughs> what's up? Good. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Not bad. <laughs> Casey, you were just trying to say like, what's up, bro, to me the other day or something. And if you address me it was almost like uh, i love you man like you came up with some word that doesn't exist no and it was like um jab- you know uh jabroni or whatever and i was well, just like what <laughs> and then but as soon as you said it you well, knew you had something had said something that made that no sense no whatsoever Preston, yeah. you were just commenting about a half hour ago why do i keep saying i keep saying sports bug oh i'm supposed <laughs> to say sports book and you say book? In the Parks Casino, it's, it's, it's the best sports book around. <laughs> Why do I keep And now because you're thinking about it, oh, yeah. it's like when you bite the inside of your mouth and oh, then proceed God. to bite it four more times. That's been happening to me yeah. for years. Uh, let me... Now, this, I, I want to hear the story, too. I'm going to go to Hannah. Uh, Hannah, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's happening? Not much. How are you guys? Wonderful. You too. Uh, no. yeah. so have a safe flight. What's the uh, what's the story you wanted to tell us? All right. Well, if I'm allowed, it's someone else's story that I would love to just let you guys laugh at too. Um, my brother-in-law. Um, this is this has gone down in family history. He and his wife were youth leaders at their church. You know, heavily involved in the youth group, and they were all on a hiking trip. So they're kind of behind, and he thinks it's his wife, and he just gets a nice handful of the girl in front of him, and it is a youth uh, member. Oh, oh my God. Oh Grabbed her ass? God. Oh, God. Grabbed her ass? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. So, That's a tough one. I know, no repercussions. It was all, you know, it yep. was all understood that it was mistaken identity. Uh, he yeah, must yeah. have wanted totally to die. die. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've had those mo- I've had a, a moment where I, I was... In a, it was like an H and M, and I was going in, and I was just with my my wife, and she was shopping, and I rounded a corner, and then 
someone who looked a lot like her, and I was starting to go over and just kind of put my hands on this person's shoulder, and yeah. I realized it was not my wife. Same short hair, same <laughs> sort of thing, same build. And you stopped? And I stopped. <laughs> but in this day and age, how, you know, that's a tough sell to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. I told you guys the story one time at a 7-Eleven back when I was in high school. I thought it was my yeah. friend. <laughs> I thought it's it was one my, of my favorite stories. I it was my Tell friend Tom. Who, he had his back to me, and I was going to surprise him with a big bear hug, you know, one of those type where you reach around and pick, you know, lift him up. Hey! It was some dude I'd never met before in my life, and I was like, ah, ah, ah. Dude, I swear to God, I thought you were some... Well, I thought Kathy was driving into the parking lot one morning, and I stopped in the oh, middle yeah. of the parking lot and flipped her the double bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Casey did a hurricane in did. front of people. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in front of his own home. Dude, who would you think it was? My, it was Jeff and Melissa. They were coming to pick me up. It was their car. It was coming down my road. I don't know who it was. I did a herky for him, and then they drove past me. I was like, that was a herky. <laughs> Uh, I, the idea, though, of you, Preston, some oh guy yes. thinking he's about to be raped. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky I didn't get my ass kicked. Oh, my God. Be thank honest. So, thank God he listened yeah. to you. Yeah. I was walking down the street with a pumpkin bucket filled with beer going to, actually, Matt Cord's house. We were at the shore. This was years ago. And I was going to Matt Cord's house. And a friend of ours was coming over, was driving over. And so I see the car down the street. And I'm texting the person. I said, we're pulling up now. So, of course, I think it's them. I stand in the middle of the street with my pumpkin bucket filled with beer and flip off the car. <laughs> it was a police officer. Oh, my God. <laughs> And rolled his window down. I mean, I thought he was going to kill me. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Somebody, somebody's coming down the street. It was a friend of mine. I thought they were coming. I'm so sorry. Did he, he laugh? Or? He did not laugh. Okay. He rolled no. up his window. He didn't say one word to me, and he drove away. Oh, my God. Hang <laughs> on. a bullet. I want to get some more calls on the line. Kevin, you are on the air. Good morning. Hi. Uh, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, man? Uh, so I had a story. It's not my, like, personally, but it's my sister. Yeah. And, like, she always, we always kind of make fun of her for it. Uh, so she was at a funeral for her friend's dad, who just, like, recently died. And so, like, you know, she was saying, like, sorry for your loss and everything to the family. And uh, so she was, like, um, to the family, she was, like, thanks for having me. And I kind of, like, <laughs> like, slipped up a little bit. So we kind of thanks for the about. invite. Yeah. I say things like, oh, it's great to see you. And you're I, like, oh, no. I, well, I've said before to somebody who's grieving, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or how, how you doing? Right. How you doing? Oh, yeah. Geez. And the moment Nobody it leaves your mouth. And I, I think yeah. I've said the same thing, Kevin, because they'll say thanks for coming. And I think I've said, well, thanks for having us, you know, or something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, thanks, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, Thanks for coming. No, no, my pleasure. That's when, especially at funerals, me personally anyway, I mean, every single thing that I utter about, you talk, you talk about thinking too hard about it. Yes. And then you say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, I've had that happen well, we had, on multiple occasions. We were at um, Harry's funeral, Steve, uh, Steve McLean's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Casey came. Well, you made a joke. I mean, oh, yeah, was, I guess I was it. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, great. Yeah. Well, Casey, what did I say? Casey, come, you go, 
you come in and and you go. I almost and I'm, I'm I almost s my pants on the way over here, and without missing a beat, and we're all standing around. Casey walks up and he goes, "God, I almost I almost just crapped my pants coming here." And Steve, without missing a beat, goes, "Well, we all grieve in our own way," <laughs> and we died laughing at this memorial I know, service inside yeah. the funeral. Yeah. They were like, "Wow, look at I, Steve's friends all laughing." <laughs> I ended up telling Steve McLean about it, and he he thought yeah. Harry would have found that very very funny. So yeah, um, we should, however, uh, uh, di- have a different segment about what is what is the best thing to say. So you can oh, sort of pra- so you can sort of practice these things. You always see in movies where people practice like meeting a girl for the first time or what they're going to say to their boss or whatever. But yeah, and I've never done anything like that. However, I mean the, the obvious is the obvious ones are I, I'm so sorry, sorry for your loss, my condolence. I mean, and, and while they seem to be. You know, wrote and yeah. all of that. They're, they're the it most effective. Yeah. It does convey it. People understand. No one is. It, God forbid you're the kind of person who's at home in a funeral situation because yeah. your life is miserable. If that's the case, yeah. But uh, I think it's understood. I say yeah. one thing, and and then that's it. Like right. you know, I'll say one of those things. I'll introduce myself if I don't know the people that's the way and why I'm it. there. You and just say, being there is enough, right? But then you say, you know, so sorry for your loss. But then don't continue to right. talk because then that's when the things that don't make sense are going to come out of your mouth. Yeah, have a right. good flight. Yeah. <laughs> right, yes. exactly. Yes. Like, what if the person in front of you says what you were going to say? It's like, well, I can't say that. You stole my just, line. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, hang on, let's go back to the uh, saying the wrong thing or, you know, saying a, a, yeah. uh, a standard response you're used to saying it just isn't appropriate for <laughs> what that was. Or, now nah, th- these are other good ones. Well, let me, let me do this one. All right. Um, Yes. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah, I'm going to go to Alex real quick here. Alex, good morning. Hey, guys. You guys rock. Hey, thanks, man. All right, so what was your situation? So uh, me and my girlfriend, Chloe, were, were dating for about a month at the time. And, um, you know, we were cooking a nice dinner. We had some drinks. And uh, we came in, and we gave each other a hug. And she said something. I think she said, hi, or hey, you. And I just, like... I took it as I love you, and I looked at her. I just kind of pulled her away, and I looked her in the eyes, and I was like, I love you, too. <laughs> and she was like, she looked at me, and she was like, I didn't I didn't say I love you. <laughs> and you tried to do, like, something sincere. Let me pull away the hug there. What I said is, I, I, I don't so love you. <laughs> I was so sincere. I was like, I love you, too. <laughs> oh, you took it. You took it as the moment. Are you, Alex, yeah. how, how, what what happened after that? I mean, how, how much longer did you guys date, and did you end up using the words "I love you" after that? Well, we are still together today. Oh, it was okay. two years ago. There okay. you go. And I was just so embarrassed. I think I just went to the bathroom <laughs> and sat down. Rubbed for a one out. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do, you have, do you have any uh, tissue so in the back? Be right back. Yeah. This will solve everything. I have to tap this off. Uh, Here, I made this for you. Thanks. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, it's a tissue sculpture. <laughs> It'll be hard in a day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let me it's go. Indestructible origami. Let me go to Katie. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Gadzooks. Good morning. Gadzooks, Katie. What's up? All right. So one winter, my fiance. We've been together twelve years, but uh, he, we were me, him, my little sister. We were all shoveling outside. Mm-hmm. Came inside. I was using the restroom in our mudroom. My little sister was trying to take her boots off. We do look very similar. 
She was bending over, trying to take her boots off. My fiancé turned the corner and proceeded to credit card her, thinking it was uh, me. Uh, down her butt? I literally credit card her. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you take your, your hand, like uh, you straighten it out, and then you run it up somebody's butt crack. <laughs> like you're like you're swiping a credit card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he did that to her while I was literally on the other side of the door going to the bathroom. And all I hear is, uh-huh, oh, my God. And my sister just started belting out laughing. I opened the door, and the look on their faces was, like, unbelievable. Like, I caught them, but they both knew that it was an accident. So, and you understand you look enough for, like, that uh, he could he was thrown off. You, you, you bought it. Absolutely. Okay. We get mistaken Dude. as twins regardless Jeez. of the age difference, so I did understand it, so it was <laughs> one of those occasions. Casey, it just reminds me of it's a totally different thing, but uh, uh, if I were to do something like that, it would be like when you saw me naked in the bathroom. <laughs> there wasn't any time for I didn't know that was you. I thought it was somebody else. <laughs> just frantically yeah. screaming at them. The other right. times he's mistaken each other us for you know, but that was the most uh, I guess vulgar way of. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, that's straight up proctological. Thank you. A friend of mine is a painter, and uh, he was doing some work for a client. He said, uh, "I moved a carpet for a client whose husband had died the week before. It was so heavy." I said, "What do you have a dead body in here?" <laughs> oh. He said, "I almost threw up after." I said oh it. my god. god. You know, like your husband. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You know, like your dead husband. Your dead husband died worse. just a week ago. Probably didn't love you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I better stop talking. Have, oh, have a good flight. <laughs> That'll be the out of every conversation. Have a good flight. Have a good flight. <laughs> I'm going to go to John with his story. Hi, John. You're on the air. What's up, guys? Love the show. Thanks, oh, thanks. man. I appreciate it. So tell your story. <laughs> so... We had a fair. I was about 12 years old, and my brother and I just got off the ride. My parents were there. My mom was You're sick. at a carnival, it says here, right? The ride of life. Yeah, like a, yeah, a carnival fair. Yeah. Um, and we got off the ride, and I'm looking around for my dad. And I see my mom on the bench, so I walk up to her. And as I mentioned, she wasn't feeling good. So I started rubbing her back, saying, where's dad? And she didn't answer. <laughs> and then I said, mom, how you feeling? And she didn't answer. So I looked down. This lady staring at me like, who the hell are you? Whoa. Like, uh, uh, and my mom woke up behind me like three seconds later and saying, what are you doing over here? I'm like, uh, let's just walk away. We're going to go now. I just, I just walked away. Like, Wait, okay. call me. It just mortified. So, I was so embarrassed. Oh, my God. It was horrible. Especially if you're the kind of person I like pressing with, with your, your wife or, you know, you, you, I, I casually, you know, I'll g- grab my wife or, you know, it's it's a natural thing, you know. So when, you, when you're, when you like, at a, at, a, at a party or out and about, it's just, it's kind of a perfunctory thing. But yeah. it's, it's good to just quickly double check if you're out in public. Yes, agreed. I'll go to Mike next. Hey, Mike. Mike, are you there, bud? Mike? Uh, Mike's not there. He said he accidentally shouted pickup lines to a woman who wasn't his <laughs> wife. <laughs> like yelling something. Right. Uh, let me go to, yeah, this is, uh, oh man, I'll go to Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, what's up? Yeah, bud. Uh, we want to hear your story. Go for it. All right. So I'm on my honeymoon. We're in Bora Bora and the, uh, a boat trip kind of dropped us off to this side island. No one was, you know, there was about four other couples getting dropped off 
and I'm underwater. Yeah, you know, there's there's manta rays and there's fish. I'm underwater snorkeling, and I think my wife's leg is. <laughs> I, I think my wife wife is right in front of me, and I'm making this Jaws da na 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 sound. Okay, through the snorkel, I grab her leg and start pulling it. To hearing screams, I get up out of the water. You know, I got my goggles on, the whole nine yards. I I flip the goggles up. I see my wife about thirty feet away from me, and this little Japanese girl screaming. And I see her husband. I'm like, oh my god, I am so. so and she can't even understand me because she's speaking Japanese. <laughs> This woman thought she was being attacked by an underwater sea creature of some sort. <laughs> that's great. She's oh Japanese. She cannot possibly God. understand. Oh wow. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's just that's just a nightmare. Going back to the funeral thing, we're going to have to wrap up in a moment here. Uh, I'm going to get uh, Jeremy on. Hey, Jeremy. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. So you were at a funeral. Yeah, it's a funeral for my uh, friend's daughter who died in childbirth. Oh. And and I walk up and he's like, "Thanks for being here." And I go, "It is what it is, man." Oh. <laughs> and why do you think you said that? I had no idea. My wife looked at me and goes, "What?" <laughs> it's, hey, that's it not saying it is, man. Ain't no thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> You got this, bro. People get so nervous, and in terrible situations yeah. like that, they just don't know what to do. And, and oh, yeah. Did you, did you apologize, Jeremy? Did you apologize? Oh yeah, yeah. Later on, I was there. I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. And his brother goes, hey, "At least you didn't throw a fist bump." <laughs> right, fist bump. Oh, wow. Oh, that's horrible. No one knows what to do. You know, it's know. it's it's an uncomfortable situation. I think most people understand that too. Okay, wait. There's two more calls I have to go to. Right. Oh my God. Uh, first, first, let me go to Deborah because she was in first. But there's another one I got to get to. Let me go to Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. What's up, Deborah? So about 18 years ago, I got married to my husband. He's got an unusual name. His name is Duran. Duran. And okay. we were Duran. So we just got married. We were sitting in the car with my father my sister and my new husband and I turned around to my husband and he, he bugged me. I can't remember what you said, but he bugged me and I went, oh, for God's sake, Peter! Oh my God. You called an old boyfriend's name. Ooh, and, and, and After how, you were married. How did that go over? We were, we were married about two weeks. And wow. that was it? That was it. Oh my! Wait, wait! No, so, no, no! Shh. Oh, you had been married for about two weeks. I'm like, we were married for two weeks, and then we got a divorce <laughs> after that. What did you call me? <laughs> no, Deborah, you're still married to him, right? You said 18 years. Oh, All right. Now, will will you sometime call him Peter just for fun? Yes. Now, of course you will. <laughs> when we're in a, a, a moment. Of course. In your moment. Yeah, I'm married oh, wow. to an Irish woman as well. So thank you, Deborah. <laughs> Thank Scottish, you. She's Scottish. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Take care. Uh, thank you so much. All right. This we'll end on this one. Uh because I don't know if you can get better than this. I'm gonna go to Joe. Hey Joe, good morning. Hey uh, have a good flight, guys. Oh thanks. Man. <laughs> you too. Not much. Well, let me start. I, w- I want to set the backstory of this story okay. before I say, but my uh, father passed away about fifteen years ago and uh, my friend who is a nurse took care of him and 
he died. He died of liver failure, so his body is swelled up, and his junk area was um, pretty big, I guess, if you want to say. Right, right. And, uh, and I was standing in the funeral procession line. I was standing next to my sister, my brother, and my mother, and obviously, you know, we're all crying, and, you know, the whole nine yards. So he comes up to me and uh, says, you know, real quiet in the nursing home, says, that is day. Your dad's junk's still bigger than yours. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I—I I lost it. I laughed. I—I I had to leave the funeral home. <laughs> but my mother and my sister had the like the look of um, I, I couldn't even. Yeah, it was and my brother who was laughed, but he was pissed, but he laughed again. Uh, it was the funny. I had to leave the nursing home or the funeral parlor. I couldn't. <clears> wait, were they were they mad at you or the person for no. saying it? They're mad at my friend for saying it, but in the context, it made me laugh. It was uh, it was the funniest thing I ever heard of. Well, it, it helped so, you, yeah. And, yeah so, I, but I can also understand someone being uh, a little uh, yeah. put off by that. But yeah. but it, it is it is what it is. To quote yeah. an earlier caller, <laughs> funerals. You know, you're, you're taking a risk. You may really lighten it up for somebody, but you also might say the exact thing they don't want to hear. So yeah. Better to play it he, straight. Or if you're going to say it, say it directly to the person you think will enjoy it and don't yeah, say it uh, yeah. to the audience. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, he, comes over every, he comes over every once in a while to the house, and my mom's still like, you know, <laughs> she's not mad at him, but she looks at him every once in a while with uh, I was like, Mom, don't worry about it. His junk's not that big anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> nice show. Appreciate it, man. All right. Well, interesting calls. And uh, listeners, always somebody who said something worse out there, most likely. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Football is back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2023 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at AcmeSwoopinandWin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I'd say that our next guest looked like the most lucid post-show <laughs> yes, rock stars who to come in for a morning show that I've ever seen. We're used to rock star we don't do mornings thing. Yeah. These guys look rare to go, and we're happy to have them. They played a show last night at the Met with Alter Bridge and Skillet. Ladies and gentlemen, Dirty Honey. Yeah. Yeah. Here this morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Are you normally this awake and chipper? Well, we were excited about coming into WMMR, so Excellent. we, uh, you know, had a little coffee, and uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to suck it up for the next hour. Excellent. Whatever. Well, listen, I had, uh, before they came on, and by the way, we have Mark and John and Justin and Corey are the members of the band. Uh, uh, I saw our program director, Bill Weston, over talking with Mark for a moment there. It's mm-hmm. great to have you here on the Mo Show. Yeah, and he was, uh, they were, they were. I guess um, maybe Bill was describing a certain type of, of music. He was calling it like knuckle-dragging rock or something like that. And, and Mark <laughs> said, well, what would you call us? <laughs> and and he didn't seem to really have an answer for it. Or was that you that said no, that? I'm Justin, sorry. Yeah. I just I just overheard. So that was uh, well, Justin you, who said that. You say the answer is I'd say you're rock and roll. Thank you. I, the words rock and roll together. Thank God. Describe that sound because it's it's bluesy, it's gritty, uh, it's got it's got some balls and some heart to it. You know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean. This All is right. why we're doing it. Good. Okay. You that, hit it spot on. All right. Uh, 
Very impressed. Now, you guys, um, as, as far as history of the band goes, you're from all over the place. You, you didn't grow up together. Sometimes you hear that story. These guys, we went to high school together and all that. No. I met uh, John on guitar here uh, in L.A. He sat in for the guitar player I was doing a gig with, and then he introduced me to Justin. Justin introduced us to Corey, and then that was sort of the genesis of <laughs> Dirty Honey. But you guys hail from all over the country, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm from upstate New York. John's from... Banger, Maine. Okay. Uh, nice. He's from Oregon, and he's from. He's the only LA native. All right. And two years ago, you guys uh, pr- pr- pretty much. Yeah, two years ago. Wow. Uh, it, we, Preston has been talking. We, we all, you know, this this the conversation has been coming up more and more, and it encourages us now because you know, um, obviously, music goes through cycles. Yeah. But um, p- you know, pure regular rock. You know the way, and I know people have different impressions of rock, but you know rock when you hear it. Yeah, you guys are rock, Thank and, you. and 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 uh, but it, you know you can take something and hold it up as like what grunge brought to rock when we we're coming out of another phase of 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 the sort of a glamour rock. Sure, you you knew that, but there's you know you can take something and work it different ways, and and I sense like with you and other bands that we're seeing come up that have an appreciation for a sound. They're not hearing as much as they would like. Um, it, it it feels good. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, I think I think it's very easy to be perfect in this like digital age yeah. we're living in, and that's not good for rock and roll at all. So, you know, when we did our record, we just got back to the roots and had four guys in a room playing well, just... songs together, and like it, it sounds very organic and soulful and raw, and that's what we were going for. So. Here's the thing: you could you could can you can you know. Hey, can you do that acoustically? Oh yeah, we can. You guys were sure. just rehearsing, and it sounded great. Yeah, and so that to me is a good litmus test of, and I think people appreciate just the awe of musicians getting in their instrument with their instruments and making stuff happen in a yeah. room in an intimate situation or in a large venue. It's the goal, and uh, yeah, I think songwriting, you know, is always key. If you can write great songs, they're going to sound great on acoustic or with a band or whatever. But um, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of the melodies at least start with, you know, acoustic guitars. And, yeah. You know, and then when you bring it in, you start bashing around and turn the amps <laughs> up. It takes on a whole new life. So, what's a writing session with you guys like? Is it just sitting around messing around, or do you say Sound it's time to work? I mean, you know, the one we're working on <laughs> video games. Video games. Yeah. <laughs> Texting. 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 Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Hey, I got something cool. Oh, there's well, you so know. that's something that that's cool that uh, you know some of our predecessors didn't have was that it was the the immediacy of, uh, immediacy of it all yeah. is that you can write and 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 play a lick on the guitar, send it to you, and go, hey, what do you think of this? Or you know, hey, I got these lyrics, or you know, I got this melody in my head, and then send it to you. That's something that um, that didn't, and you can do it from across the world. You don't even have to be in the same city or, it or anything. The other yeah, day, literally. Like, yeah, we he. He had an idea that he was working on soundcheck maybe, I don't know, six months ago that we were all like, that's awesome. And then I was walking around New York City, something popped into my head. I sent it to him and, you know, a couple hours later, he's like, what if we took that thing from, you know, a couple weeks ago and we blended and we played it at soundcheck and it was awesome. It's so, really, really cool. And and so uh, what what I like about your sound is that, um, you know, it's it's... It's reminiscent of something. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't necessarily put my finger on it, but you're not trying to be something. Right. And um, 
So what I mean by that is a friend of mine was, um, we were playing golf the other day, and we, we play golf while listening to music, and he played a couple of country songs for me. I really liked the first one. The second one, I said, this is stupid because he's, try- <laughs> he's trying to do something with this song. Yeah, he's, he's, he's talking he- about trucks and bugs. <laughs> well, 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 just the yeah. sound. And his to dog me, and the woman who left him. Yeah, to okay. me, the sound, it sounded very insincere, and you know, we're like, okay, well, this is going to be this type of song. Yeah. And so when you write a good song, it's just just a good song and it's not a gimmick and you're not trying to do something right it should be just it should just happen sort of naturally and you should i think ultimately a listener should just feel something Mm -hmm. you know feel passion or feel sadness or soul or whatever but yeah i don't don't feel much from modern day country that's for sure (laughs) you're not you're not in the uh you're not in the in the studio going okay man well this is going to be the one where the crowd is going to go like hey oh no you know like (laughs) we're not building in those (laughs) 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 we were we were on the air in la one day and we had to do like a smash or trash thing with the radio station and we felt so bad this uh band sent in a song that was like just Modern rock, drop C, and it was awful. Yeah, they were like the so chorus nice. was like oh oh oh, and the you know fortunately the DJ was like ah, that was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took the we were all like. Well, you know, it's a good production. And, like, you know, just keep going. And, uh, I was just like, I would never do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our assistant program director hates. Anytime there's a forced sing-along or if somebody screams out an instrument name, guitar! <laughs> it's not allowed. Yeah, so. We're trying to avoid going into a reggae uh, uh, arrangement, too, in the middle of a solo section. <laughs> do, do you have a list of, like, is there a, the, the, the three, the golden rule, the three don'ts when writing songs? <laughs> I think we just touched on a bunch. <laughs> yeah, you, you got them all? You just yeah, wrote the yeah. list for us. There you go, yeah. Nice. We try and get, I try and get Corey to do, like, a train groove on the drums sometimes, and he's just like, I'm never going to do train no. yeah. uh, this, this I'll is, get him one day. This is not going to mean anything to you guys, but uh, I don't know if you guys know Corey here. Looks like our afternoon guy Jackson with big hair. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Yes! Like Jack Jackson. Corey Jackson. That's your new nickname. He's a handsome man. He's, he's a good looking fella, so definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Justin has the most rock and roll hair I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. I am that's happy cool, to see man. rock hair. Yours <laughs> that's is cool. solid. That's, that's cool. But you're going to play second fiddle to him every time, man. Well, listen, um, the song, we heard you warm up with it. We've been playing uh, When I'm Gone, and I assume that's what you're going to play for us now, if that's cool. It's fine with us. Let's do it, man. This is Dirty Honey, guys. They are live here in the studio on MMR. Check it out.
Dirty Honey on 93.3 WMMR. When I'm gone, what? He goes, get ya. Get ya. Hey, I wanted to ask with with bands that uh, that are starting to rise and come into their own and get a little bit more airplay and a little bit more visibility and, and audibility, if that's even a word. Um, it's um, it you're, you're, you're going to get comparisons, and and it's just yep. what happens. People when they hear a new band, go, oh, it sounds a little like this, or it sounds a little bit like that. Here we go. Is it bother you? I'm not going to. I can no, bring I them up, but, but this. What's that? I, well, I, you want what was yeah, it? Go ahead. You, you told me to this morning. Yeah. In, in your voice, I hear a little bit of Jeff Keith from Tesla. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that before or not. Yeah. Uh, I hear <laughs> I hear a mix of some Black Crows and Guns N' Roses. Nice. Uh, all good stuff. All yeah. all some of my favorite things. And your vocals, in particularly of or in particular, are of a higher register. We haven't had a whole lot of that for a while. I, yeah. for one, am happy to see it come back. Uh, there was an overload of it in the late 1980s, yeah. and then it kind of went away for a while, which is fine. But, you know, there's Miles Kennedy who can really hit those spots. and He's the man, by the way. Yeah, and you guys have yeah, toured with those guys. Yeah, we're out played with shows. him right now, and we were out with him and Slash. Um before this tour that we just started and he's just been like so supportive of the band and he's a really good dude and he's like you know I, i've learned so much from him already and he's uh he's become a really good friend so we're really happy to be out with him again and there's another band that's been uh having some success late, lately which is greta van fleet and obviously yeah. they sound a lot like led zeppelin i mean they they, they yeah. do and we we get uh we get we get positives and negatives on that in the feedback and I some know, people hate it and i'm like I like it, you know, and and cool that's all there is to it. It just sounds they just the sound, same, you know. Yeah, I, I don't get. It. It's a weird reaction because it's like they're cl- clearly writing solid songs. Yeah, but I, you know. <laughs> yeah, but what did Led Zeppelin ever do? Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 but I think you know these comparisons are going to fizzle after a while as you guys continue yeah. to crank it out. I mean, you know, Eddie Vedder got it about Jim Morrison. Yeah, yes. yeah. you're right. Yeah. You know, uh, and Eddie got over it. So, yeah. you know. The Tesla one is crazy. We get that all the time. I don't know any songs about it. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Well, they did, they did, like, we're all like, oh, cool. <laughs> we love the Guns N' Roses and the Black Rose, so that's for yeah. sure. And, no, 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 but it's like, that's very common. Okay. And I'm just like, like, we get Tesla a lot, and we're all just like, so uh, they, they were a good straight ahead. Yeah, American like rock band. Signs, signs that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not even they their song. They no, they didn't. Yeah. Does it ever yeah. bother you the comparisons? You, is it? Uh, no. It's so vast, man. Like the the rate it goes, you get people be like, oh, it's kind of like Led Zeppelin, but it's kind of like the Black Crows, it's kind of like Guns N' Roses. Here's, like, yeah, here's, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. If a fan, if a fan. Most of the time, they're saying it because they love that band and they love you. So it really doesn't matter what they say. Well, it's a compliment well, no matter what. Right? I also hear a little Fiona Apple in there, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And if, and if I believed you were sincere, <laughs> I don't. I would take that as a compliment. Yeah. So, Mark, Mark, let me ask you, because uh, you were talking to, uh, about Miles Kennedy and, and how he's uh, sort of giving you some some tips and stuff like that. Like, yeah. um. How do you take care of your voice? Because, uh, I mean, you really, really go after it. a lot of warm-ups and uh, just doing that, but uh, a lot of water. A lot of water, yeah. PG water. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your endorsement. Uh, Here's the tour. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Water companies make a lot of money. They just, like, open up the tap and put it in a bottle. Send it to the grocery store. It's It's Fiji. Yeah, yeah. What about booze? Is that something you got to be mindful of? We get tequila every night. Um, 
How you great is it to have a rider? Right now. that we always have it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It does help. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have a quirky thing in your rider, or you you do a uh... this moron over here? <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> he's, whoa, whoa. He's, he's grown up in California, so we have you know medicinal marijuana. It's a thing, you know, and Listen, it's not medicinal. He doesn't care. He's gonna smoke it anyway. <laughs> he's got it on our rider. <laughs> We're going into, like, Bible Belt states with a, a rider that says, like, we must have marijuana, you know, whatever. And we got, I love, we got, the, I love the, all the rage. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, yeah. I think it's really uh, really cool that you guys came in uh, the day after the gig. You don't yeah. have a, a, a show in, in Philly that you're trying to sell tonight, which is awesome. But you did play um, an amazing venue last night. It's, it's new for yeah, us, cool. or relatively new. Uh, the Met, it's, it's been around for, I guess, about uh, less than a year. What did you guys, what were your impressions of that place? It's beautiful theater. Um... And it's run by Live Nation, which is cool, and they do a great job keeping it super professional when you walk into any of their places. And acoustically, yeah. it's it's uh, everyone raves about uh, you know. Did you? I assume do you do you walk the room before you you play? Just I to, did. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, so boomy because it's so big and empty yeah. when nobody's in there, and then uh, everybody complimented us on the sound actually last night. So That's great. That was cool. Yeah, we got a few texts from people who went to the show last night said you killed it. So. Yeah, I figured you guys wouldn't be there. you got to be up at the program. <laughs> yeah. you guys we, just ma- we just made you get in early here. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have another song that you could play? Sure, or can. I guess we're going to hear maybe we Rolling Sevens? We just video, yeah. For yeah, I just saw that, day, yeah. And, uh, All right, sure you'll be hearing it on WMMR soon. Dirty Honey, this is Rolling Sevens. Here we go.
Rolling Sevens, and that is from uh, Dirty Honey, played last night at the Met. Out on the road with uh, Alter Bridge and Skillet. You guys playing several shows with them, continuing on for a little while? We are done uh, another, like, another October month? 27th, I believe, and then we go and open for Guns N' Roses in Vegas. For wow. Awesome. That's got to be a mind F, you know. Yeah. Uh, first it's definitely off. a mind F. Those <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the words I was thinking. Yeah. This whole time. The whole time, because yeah. it, let's stop and think about it. For years and years, no one ever thought of a Guns N' Roses would ever be back yeah. together. Now they're back together. Now you're, you, you, you know, opening for them. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's got to be a level of surrealness. Yeah, it's crazy. Did yeah, uh, did Slash have uh, a hand in that and getting you guys to open for Gene so, Arts since uh, you played with the we, conspirators? We barely even talked to Slash when we were out with them, um, just because you don't want to like. He's such a celebrity. You don't want to like fanboy on him. And, yeah. Uh, so the the night in Cleveland. The night before the last show was in Cleveland, and, and we actually got to talk to him for a minute, and he was so nice and so complimentary and loved the band, and we were just, like, shaking. It was so cool. <laughs> and then uh, the next night, we ended the, the tour in Nashville, and Slash turned to me, and he goes, uh, so this is it, huh? This is the end of the road. And I was like, yeah. And he, like, kind of tongue-in-cheek was just like, think think we'll see you again. And he gave me a little wink, and then the next day. Oh, oh dude, that's so cool. Out. I was like, oh, this Damn. Wow. Effort, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course cool. it is. Wow. Yeah, well, he's the man. We're really happy for you guys. It's great music, and uh, we're, we're happy to see you doing Thank well. You. We're glad you could come by for a visit. Thanks for having us, man. You it's been, been a pleasure. Man. Continued success. Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, Dirty Honey. Yeah. yeah. Great uh, we are going to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. we got some more stuff to get to, so don't you stray too far. Right? MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's band is Sixth Century. Sixth Century, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Files. Brought to you this morning by Red Robin. Hungry for a juicy gourmet burger with bottomless steak fries and an ice cold beer from Red Robin? Enjoy your yum at your local Red Robin today. Red Robin, yum. All right, let's see. Where do we begin? We'll start with this one. Uh, this is the story of a naked man jumping on a car with a mom behind the wheel and her two young kids in the back seat. That's beautiful. Uh, Drek a Drek a Drek. Yeah, she has. Back back. She has. <laughs> she has the video to prove it. Uh, Drek a Drek in the video says, uh, "You see the uh, man wandering into traffic was a man who was wearing only socks." She said one was black and the other one was white. Can't even match his socks. I had a friend with me and we were laughing. He was walking up to cars and he saw us. The video shows a man approaching Drek Drake's car. Drek And within seconds, he was on the hood, pressing himself against the windshield and fondling himself. So he's smushing his bits yeah. on the window. That's unpleasant. 
Uh, she said, I told my kids to cover their eyes. I didn't know what to do next. Say fight repair. He uh, <laughs> refused to get off the car, and he had a smirk on his face, apparently. That's Drekka Drake's song or theme song. Uh, I didn't know what that was. All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he refused to get off the car, and he had a smirk on his face, and that's when I started driving forward, and he still wouldn't get off. It occurs to me that that's somewhat provocative. Uh, Drake uh, prepared to hit the brakes, and she said that he seemed to know what was coming next. She said he put one hand up as if to say, don't punch the brakes, but I did. Uh, according next to her uh, description, the man flew off the car onto the pavement. His exposed parts hit the concrete. Ow. <laughs> and he rolled over several times. Unfazed, she said the man got up and started approaching other cars. She said, I didn't see, or, I'm sorry, I didn't stay to see what happened next. We got the hell out of there. Uh, she Why would you hang around? But she didn't report the incident to Houston police at the time, but she says she plans to now. Uh, so, good luck. <laughs> Why is she doing nothing? Joe wanted to wait a little bit and just ruminate on things. A medical examiner with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation was suspended for two weeks after complaints that she made inappropriate comments while handling the remains of a dead woman. Dr. Sandra Thomas, who has never faced any other complaints since joining the agency in 2014, has expressed regret and has returned to work. Look, I'm going to make it sing. (laughs) Honestly, you need to have some respect for the dead, especially when you're in that job. Uh, Yeah, she asked another, apparently during the autopsy, she asked another doctor at the morgue if she knew how to do a Muslim autopsy. The other doctor said Thomas then lifted the neck of the dead woman and made a wailing sound called a uh, ululation. Like a... I guess, I guess yeah. so. Since the times of ancient Greece and Egypt, ululation has signified times of both mourning and celebration. Huh. Uh, to, it's generally heard at funerals and, and weddings in the Middle East. Yes. Uh, Thomas repeated the question and sound with another doctor. The doctor also found the remark inappropriate during an investigation. Hey, look at this. Uh, Thomas expected, expressed regret for her actions. The GBI suspended her, and uh, she had to sign a document acknowledging that another inappropriate action will result, it result in her termination. You would like to think that your loved ones are cared yeah, for. There's a certain amount of reverence. Instead of putting sunglasses and cigarettes in their mouth. Right. Uh, so, anyhow, in December in 2018, there was an employee that took a photo of another smiling while posing with a severed head of an elderly murder victim. Those employees were fired. So they don't. They don't That's put gruesome. Up, yeah, they don't put up with that stuff. 46 ice cream trucks were seized from owners who allegedly amassed 22,000 traffic fines, totaling about $4.5 million since 2009 and evaded paying the hefty debt, according to New York City officials. How fast are they driving these ice cream trucks? The seizure was known. Kids can't even catch up. The seizure was known as Operation Meltdown. (laughs) I like that. Comes after the truck owners allegedly amassed the traffic violation fines through a scheme in which dozens of shell companies were created to avoid enforcement efforts by the city's Department of Finance. So this is a a full-on scam. Uh, the complaint alleged that the group operated companies that uh, accrued 22,000 summonses for violations. Wow. Including, including running red lights, parking near fire hydrants, blocking pedestrian crosswalks. And... <laughs> what the hell was that? They're going really fast. They're going very fast. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. Wait again. All right. Uh, hit play. 
can't speed it up. Speed it up more. I tried. No. My bad. Uh, so anyhow, the alleged scheme was based off a periodic, systematic, and repeated re-registration. I thought you were going to sing Grease Lightning. Okay. <laughs> it's periodic. <laughs> systematic. <laughs> What's Grease Ice Cream? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done with this. Oh, man. There was they were bad people. There was, there was a much that was it. The bulk of the story had been imparted. Yeah. It feels like we're in the goddamn Twilight Zone. Oh, it really does. God. All right, one more story then. Okay. A man in Central Florida told deputies he poured salt on the floor of a Walmart store to get rid of the evil spirits that were around him. Did it work? You know what? <laughs> I don't know if they verified that or not. Honestly, how would you be able to know that at a Walmart? The Pasco Sheriff's Office arrested 38-year-old Damon Dean Cantrell. Well, to be honest, Lou, I haven't seen any demons. <laughs> they might have worked. Sunday morning, a store manager told investigators a man poured salt on the floor and on his feet before walking into the woods nearby the store. If you break the salt circle, though, demons will be able to penetrate. It's like Manitou, Steve. Absolutely. Did uh, we learn nothing from that Tony Curtis film? The manager said that he wanted the man charged with trespassing. A deputy found Cantrell laying under some trees in the woods. I did my job. He was still on Walmart property. Uh, so they arrested. Another Walmart saved. <laughs> there you go. Listen, I've seen things that look like demons in Walmart. Absolutely. Many times. Usually wearing stretch pants. <laughs> yeah. And that is the B-File. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in just a moment. Stay close. We'll be back in a moment. Disturbed are back with a new track. And no, it's not that margarita mashup. Check out the video for Hey You on WMMR.com. And while you're there, listen to Brett Porsche's interview with Dan Donegan, who gives us an update on the upcoming Disturbed album. Find it all at WMMR.com. All right, we are all set to go. Our guest has arrived. Good afternoon. Good morning. What's up in my leg? I should say. <laughs> you early, Perron. Our, our original I? assessment, so you're, you're kicking oh. ass already. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank we are excited, ladies and gentlemen, to have in our studio actor David Harbour. Yeah! From- Thank you. I'm so excited I said good afternoon when it's 9.20 in the morning. <laughs> there are a bunch of footlongs outside the <laughs> yes, studio, which is like, yeah. Night in, the night in the morning footlong, though? Yes. Do you know pinks in Hollywood? Yeah, I do, yeah. That's yeah. those from yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, cities. then bring me one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, it's still a hot dog. Oh, Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's not a... It's, Classic breakfast fair, but it's, it, it works. It's very good. We never actually get breakfast food here. It's always never. like it's that. It's always a really? dinner thing, yeah. but it, it all works. All that stuff. <laughs> We've been up since three forty-five. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It so it's got a dinner for you guys. David, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, I'm from White Plains, New York. Oh, no, really? well, yeah. Yes. Do you know it? I'm from yeah. New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, West is a guy like forty-five minutes out from the city. You know, suburban. Very boring place to grow nice. up. <laughs> if, if, if you work in the city, it's a nice area to be in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I couldn't stand it when I was growing <laughs> up because it's like that suburban thing, you know, and you're like 14 years old and all you want to do is act out. And so I would take that Metro North train down to New York, though. Oh, yeah. When I was like 15. And, you know, you could, back then, you could do a lot 
worse things than you can nowadays. <laughs> we could go to bars. And, sure. I mean, they didn't have any of the rules they have nowadays. So was it wasn't the creative arts that were driving you to the city? It was the party? I would tell my parents that I was going to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. <laughs> so, yes, the arts right, were driving. Yeah. If my parents are listening. <laughs> well, we're Fair thrilled enough. to have you in here. Yeah. We, we're, we're massive oh, Stranger Things fans. And we're also just massive fans of your... Uh, your body of work, which yeah, is oh, just thanks. so much great stuff, and and I think you've described yourself, or have been described, and I think you're, you're the epitome of that guy for so long, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. just is always, oh, this guy's in it, this is going to be good, yeah. uh, but, you know. And we have a sense that you've you've curated the things that you're in, and whether that's the truth or not, you just always end up in good stuff. And uh, and Stranger Things is just such a if, uh, no one could have figured this this bizarre pop culture bank shot that took place. Yes, and that they they went with except for perhaps Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah moderately yeah, she, known, yeah. and and it just took off. So yeah. when you got the script for the first time, I understand it, it blew you away. But yeah. did you think you were going to get it? You couldn't have had an idea it would be what it has become. No. Yeah. The complete opposite, to yeah. be honest. I mean, for, the first thing is you get the script, and I thought it was a really good script. And so the, my first thought was there's no way they're going to choose me to be, like, the male adult lead in this. They'll get somebody who's a star. And so I kind of blew off the audition a little bit. I mean, you know, I do what I do, but uh, there was a relaxation in the audition where it was like, you know, those, those situations where you think, like, this will never happen, so yeah. I might as well just do what I want to do. And that must help. That must it does because it makes you more relaxed. You yeah, have no expectations. You're not. Right. You don't have a goal. You're just like doing what you do. Um, and then I wound up getting it, and it was uh, you know incredible. And then as we were shooting it, I remember around episode four or five having a bit of a breakdown and thinking none of this works. <laughs> really, really, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I remember you know. I mean, Hopper's a really messy guy in many ways, like everything from his body uh, to, you know, his personality. Well, the very first, it, my when, my impression of your character uh -huh. was like, this guy's a douchebag because <laughs> exactly. she comes and says, my kid is missing. And he's like, ah, he's out running around or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to be that guy. Yeah. He's more complex than that, you know, and, and really cares. But you're right. He, he kind of had that really messy attitude about him, but yeah. he's his char the character morph. So the, in, initially, you thought that wasn't going to translate? Yeah, and so like around episode, I think it was five, though, we were doing a scene and I, and, and you know, I'm neurotic and occasionally I'll ask people, like, what'd you think? What'd you think? And right. I went up to my uh, hair person, uh, this woman Sarah, who's love lovely person, but I was like, what do, what do you think? What do you think? And she just turned to me and just shook her head and she was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work. Oh, wow. I was like, what? You mean the whole thing? Like, Thanks for the confidence. But I, I understood where she was got You know, you're yeah. in a bubble down there, and you just have these days where you're like, what we're doing is stupid. Nobody's going to like it. And then before the show came out, there was no advertisements. Yeah. No. No. And, no. and I couldn't get an interview like this on a popular radio show. Like, <laughs> nobody wanted to talk to me about this show. That was the beauty of it. I found out about it through word of mouth. Exactly. And, and right. so it started to catch. And it was it was that. Now, you're, you, this actually speaks to you were a child of the 80s. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people remember... All of this, this, this it's, a, it's at once a tribute to the work of Stephen King, and it's this pop culture 
maelstrom of things that are all pulled together and, and Spielberg right yeah. to Spielberg and shot in a way that uh, all the things that we love, mm-hmm. but but done it in a in a great way. So there'd be no way to know it. But the fact that it did happen that way organically, I think, made it more firmly entrenched. And that's why we're well, rabid for season three. You and the Netflix season one marketing department apparently <laughs> had the same thought. Because right. that's what, you know, that's what they claimed was they, I, I don't know if that's just a way of getting out of spending any money on the show. But they, <laughs> it claimed, was that, uh, they claimed that that was kind of their strategy was to have people discover it. And I have to say... It is very gratifying. It was very gratifying to have it be something that wasn't hyped at all. Uh, and just to have people stumble across it on Netflix and then the social media aspect of it. They just told their friends and it was all over like Facebook and Twitter. Like, what is this? Yeah. And uh, I think in this world where everything is so hyped, it's nice to have ownership and discover something that almost feels like a little pearl you found in an oyster, like a surprise, you know? So let right. me ask you then, here's the conundrum now. Uh-huh. Now it is a thing. That's I know. Now we're talking yeah, about right, it. Oh, right, right. But, but whereas season two is always, everyone's like, going, okay, what season? Season two kicked ass. Yeah, I know. And, and it was. I it, guess what happens in season three? <laughs> we jump the shark. You know, it's, um, <laughs> my character gets on water skis. Nice. <laughs> well, one of the top, and there's a great white shark in the lake. <laughs> All right. Who knew? Yeah. In Hawkins are you, Lake. Are you wearing a leather jacket? I am. Okay. Surprisingly. Uh, no, honestly. Honestly, I just finished because they just sent me because uh, they like to send the the finished episodes to everyone else before me. Right. But, uh, <laughs> that's just, no. but I, they just sent me all the episodes. I just finished them last night, yeah. actually. And uh, it is so damn good. Oh, yeah. Wow. The trailer it alone. Is so yeah. damn good. And you, like, oh, the end is... Uh, how does it branding. end? What happens? <laughs> okay, yeah. so here's what happens. <laughs> you made um, it up the chart. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I would like to correct you on one oh. little thing. Prior to this, um, the the first season coming out, we totally would have had you on our show. You're a liar. No, 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 no. no. You are in Listen, some of our favorite oh. things. The, the, when when the first trailer for Black Mass came out, <laughs> and the dinner scene with you and Johnny Depp, and and I'll just sort of leave it at that because I know you wanted to hit on this, Steve. Oh no, no, like, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go over all your stuff because yeah. we're we're big fans. But but yes, no, you with he Casey's right. We were fans before Stranger Things. It just oh, it just cements the yeah. adoration. But uh, but 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 to that point, you 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 go through these things. Uh, this has been your 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 quantum leap. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know, I mean, but you you were that kind of guy. You were on Broadway, and and you you know working that that whole deal. When you when you went in to to. Um, I know you had an issue with working with kids initially, right? <laughs> because kids can be a liability, right? Initially, because I, mean, I find. You've got to get the right. I I'm so quick to hate a kid in a thing. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you mean. I know exactly. You got to get. You got to get a Haley Joel Osment. You got to get somebody who really gets. And we got like six of them. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I know. And and so they they never the old thing is never work with uh, animals or kids. <laughs> yeah, but and you and I are the same age, right? So so when I look at the this, are you seventy five? Born in seventy five? No, no, nineteen seventy five. So you you were born on my brother's okay. birthday in nineteen seventy five. Oh wow! That I'm I'm t- I turned forty four on the fourth of July. So wait 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 wait. Yeah. I was I was born on your brother. My brother's your... born in seventy three. 
Oh, oh, so, 73. I was like, Don't wow, two yeah. months apart? <laughs> Brother, how did that happen? Uh, it's something with yeah. test tubes yeah. and cloning or something. It's right out of yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. So, the upside down. <laughs> you and I and Nick, actually, as a matter of fact, we're all contemporaries, so we grew nice. up with the, with the same movies. So yeah, yeah. Um, there are movies that came out in the 80s uh, that still work today that have kids in them because they were so good. The Goonies is one. Yes. Stand By Me is another yes. one. Sandlot is another one that came a little bit later on, okay. and and so I likened E.T. E.T. E. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. As a matter of fact, E.T. Yeah. Um, Drew so, Barrymore, like a little tiny Drew Barrymore, amazing. Yeah. Right. So, and we had the the creator of the Sandlot in here a couple of years ago, and he actually, I think they had a whole other cast of kids, and he was like, you know what, I need to get older kids to play younger. Because they weren't doing it right. And yeah, interesting. And yeah. so I mean, our kids are kind of all over the map. I think when we started, I think Millie was the youngest, and I think she was eleven years old. And then I think Caleb was the oldest, and I think he was maybe fourteen. Um so they do span a little bit. But in general, they are kind of aging with the show. Like right. Millie in particular is, you know, she started out, she was eleven years old, and now she's what, like 14 or something. She's a young woman now. It's a little weird to see, but it's natural. Well, it's weird for you. It's just weird for Hopper, too. Yeah, it's like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you, and to Preston's point about the character, this character, and I think some of them, I like complex, I like villains where you can sort of see why they are what they are, and, and they're not just, you know, mustache twisting. And I like heroes that sometimes get pissed off and yeah. have have luggage and that's what how hopper came into the yeah, yeah. to the deal you know the whole paternal aspect of him was not revealed and it becomes it becomes revealed in an organic way how much how much of of uh, your input helped create that genesis for for hopper I mean, they, you know, they have they had an amazing character uh, already created when I came in, but uh, they were they also are very collaborative. So, you know, I, I have ideas and I understand uh, men that are broken and disappointed <laughs> in life, and other people are disappointed in. Uh, so I had some insight into that. Right. Um, and so, you know, as we were developing him in the first season, and one of the fun things was uh, as we developed him in the first season, and as we thought, you know, we were all sort of neurotic, we thought, well, this isn't going to have much of a life after this season. But we would sit around on set and just have fantasies about, like, you know, what would be amazing? Like, right. if we could run this thing. Like, what what could be cool? And I think that the sum of those discussions, especially in season one, you know, one of the fun things was, like, uh, we really love the character of Hopper, and we also really love this character of Eleven. And we were like, you know, there's clearly, like, he had a daughter who died, and so he has a lot of trauma around that. And she had a papa who was manipulative and who used her. Right. And so wouldn't it be great for these two characters to try to heal their trauma together and do it in a very chaotic way where they, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so that led into season two. Yeah. You know, and then there's stuff that we're even responding to going into season three. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. No. David, I loved you on uh, Newsroom, and, and I love you <laughs> yeah. in, in this, in, in Stranger Things, and they're very different roles. Oh, very different. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and the writing on, uh, which is Aaron Sorkin's show, and on the Newsroom, is it's so fast-paced, and so mm. a lot of your characters build on the fast-paced nature of the entire show and how mm. quickly the dialogue is, is delivered, whereas on Stranger Things, it's the spaces between the notes, right? Mm. It's, it's a lot more drawn out, and you can be a much more subtle actor. Do you have mm. a preference? Does it matter to you? Or yeah. do you just like the work when the work is good? No, I mean, I, I do feel like... Like, with the newsroom stuff, like, I feel like the gestalt, like, the larger piece is very good. But as a component in it, you don't have a lot of freedom to do. You don't You don't have a lot of ownership in a weird way. And so with Stranger Things, there's a lot more ownership. I mean, you get to, you get to explore a lot more behavior. A lot of times, like, Sorkin's stuff and a newsroom is, is very much about the point you're making, at, 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 you know, on the page. Whereas with Stranger Things... You may say something and mean something entirely different, or you may say something and then behave entirely and different. Right. There are these pauses and these drawn out things, especially with your character. You, <laughs> I love that. I love the way a character is like, you take a lot of time. What is up with you? Why? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> you get drawn yeah. in as a result. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, that's my, my whole thing with acting has always been that, um, you know, a, a lot of it. Human behavior is always very complex, and sometimes, a lot of times, I think people say something that, and then they behave entirely differently. And that's sort of how I've seen the world since I was a kid, is I've always been confused by human beings, because they would say things like, I love you, and you'd be like, I don't <laughs> no, think you, you don't. do. I think you, you want me to stay, or you want, I don't know what you want, but you don't just love me. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that's always the complicated thing that I want to explore with human beings, and I think that the great thing about the Duffers are they really love actors, they really love you know what we bring to it, and they really want you know, so they'll have something in their mind that's very specific, and then we'll come in and mess it up, and they'll they'll be like, This is even better than what we and that sort of collaboration is what you're always looking for. You mentioned uh, taking a lot of time, <clears throat> Netflix took a long time. <laughs> To get this next okay. season back. Okay. I was curious what you, <laughs> all right, as, listen. As, how you feel about that as an actor. Listen, here's, here's the problem, right? Uh-huh. It's not a problem. It's a problem with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, it's a problem with the world, uh-huh. okay? Because we have, tra- all right, I'm going to throw it down here. Because right, we have trained you. To, we give you eight, or actually last year, nine hours of content. Yeah. yeah. And you binge it all in a day. No, I learned. And it's like, give us time. Take your time. Once every two months is when you should be watching an episode. It's it's crack. Look, I know. For me, too. For me, too. I mean, it's... Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. And as soon as it's over, you're like, when's the next one coming? (laughs) Like, after the first day it comes out, you watch the whole season, and then you want to know when there's more. And you'll see, like, uh, you'll see as you watch this season. I mean, the problem is, like, I agree. I wish we could bring them out to you every couple months, you know? But the problem is, and especially when you watch this season, if you really just watch each episode and you see the camera work, the story work, the production design, like w- every single one of them is an hour-long movie. That's been true. And we the have whole eight of them. Yeah. yeah. But we, eight, eight movies in a year and a half is like pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> compared to like well let me let me ask you going to your film work which we, we should love and Casey brought up uh, Black Mass and mm-hmm. and you, you know 
You've worked on the other side of the table from Johnny Depp as menacing a whitey bulger as you could possibly imagine. And I was reading an interview with you where you say um, the performance, you you know, it really works like when you legitimately, if you're supposed to hate somebody, if you actually sort of legitimately hate the person in that in that scene, that you can tell when someone's going, I'm going to pretend I hate you. <laughs> so when Johnny Depp is looking across at you and he's delivering <laughs> the secret recipe sequence... Yeah. Are 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 you kind of getting unnerved by that? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, there's very personal work going on. I'm terrified of Johnny Depp. I mean, who is it? But uh, but it, you know, it, it, so yeah. I mean, it, it's a funny thing. Like you meet people and you work with them almost immediately. Like that was Johnny and me. Like it was. We just met that day and we just had that scene. But no, problem. that was your first scene. Within yeah, that day? Uh, yeah, and that was actually my first scene in the movie. Wow, wow. Um, and, uh, you know, you sit down with a person, and so what, what I try to do is, like, just get very personal with them early on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you try to really see what you get from this human being and then you what you can use it's almost like you're you're there with another chef and you guys just have like ingredients spilled out and you're like okay what am i going to use from you like you know you have this set of ingredients i have this set of ingredients what can we and i mean i do feel like the thing about acting is that when it's and look i do it sometimes and sometimes i get scared of doing it but uh when it's when you bleed uh other people feel it more, I think. Like, right, right. You know, Ernest Hemingway has this great quote where he's like, writing is easy. You just sit at the typewriter and bleed. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's true. Like, yeah. when you actually are in the room, if you if you actually are hurt by someone, uh, it registers as di- as differently, uh, viscerally, than if you're just sort of, like, pretending. Right. And I think in that scene you had uh, soy sauce and garlic. <laughs> oh, man. You no. found out. I spelled the secret. Can I ask you a question? Because I, uh, Real quick, I just want to oh, reset. Yeah. David Harbour, if you're just tuning in, Stranger Things. Uh, it, with that particular movie, I, you, you, listen, you, you've been an actor for a long time. That's what you majored in college. You get into it because you love it. I, I don't. I assume that you didn't get into what you're doing now to receive awards and yeah. all that sort of stuff. However, with that movie... I felt like Johnny Depp should have at least been nominated for Best Actor in every single award show, and he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that stuff's so, all political, you know. Okay, it's, it, we and then we you can see there there are signs, and, and it's, it's always been the case. For example, I always point to the fact that Paul Newman should have won for the verdict, and they oh, gave it yeah. to him for the color of money. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, and, and it's like yeah, well, yeah. we screwed up, so here you go. So yeah. that's, that's I think it's Pacino too, right? Like yeah, he he was nominated the Godfather, Godfather two, like all these movies, and then they give it to him for a scent of a woman, which is like okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. but like it's Those no dog day it. afternoon. Like right. come on, like no, you're right. <laughs> you're Attica, Attica. Yeah. It was just on the other night. It's, oh, it's it holds so up. It's still great. Uh, David, I wanted to go back to to the kids on the set on Stranger Things. You're watching these kids grow up. They're they're great actors. Um, yet they are um, they're going up into this this world of a career. Um, I'm wondering if you if you if you're just letting them do that, or do you occasionally have a little bit of advice you try to by osmosis kind of <laughs> yeah. give to them? Are you a parent? I am. Yeah, I have three. Yeah, yeah. one of his sons uh, is right. Be honest. Yeah, oh, actually. really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you, do you listen to your dad? Oh yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because you're in the room. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. No, 
like that. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. uh, like, of course, like whatever. I mean, I actually don't have kids, so I have uh, six, uh, you know, or seven if you include Joe Carey. Um, but like, <laughs> like little kids who I like adore and love, and of course, I'm protective over them, and I want them and. I mean, it is a hard road, and especially nowadays with all the interaction with uh, fans and stuff like that, and the fact that, you know, there's a fickle light of fame and of uh, people that like you. I mean, I look at professional sports players, and like, you know, you, you have a bad season, and you got people in the stands going like, you're a bum! Yeah. And we, we have the same thing. Because of social media. Exactly. That's, you're, you're, just, you're just eviscerated. That's the thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, so I feel for these kids to be thrust in the limelight so quickly and to be you know they are beloved um and look i hope that they never have a day of not being beloved but i (laughs) but i will say i don't think that's the case um i don't think that's possible for any human being i mean we go up and down the world loves you they hate you i mean Mm. it's just the nature of fortune right it's like a fickle wheel it just spins it just spins but you feel the hate more than you do the love for some absolutely it's so true right i mean you have to learn no, you know that my my dad years ago just uh, he would say, always consider the source. Always oh, yeah. consider the source. And when you do that, it helps um, mitigate and, and tamp down that stuff. But it's hard though, yeah. Because you 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 get into this because you, as you said, you go to the hairdresser. How am I doing? And uh, you don't yeah. want to hear you're not. It's, it doesn't look like no, it's going well. And, yeah. And you think that uh, I think because you know we're on TV or whatever it is like. I I think it too. I mean, I've written things on about people on Twitter, like yeah. celebrities and stuff. And you think that like those people are immune because they are so like, and then you're just like, no, like you just, I'm just a human being like anybody else. So if you come up and say like <laughs> you're the worst, like I, you know, yeah, it hurts. I mean, yeah. it, you know, you're like it's, I am. Yeah, it's, I what, am the worst. You know, but uh, but but it, and it is true. Like the amount you can just rack up. Uh, uh, love and it just you know scroll through that. Or but, uh, the minute gonna... somebody goes like, mm, I don't know, you're like, like your hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like I, I tweeted out OJ's on Twitter now, and I tweeted okay. out. I, I did bring up the double murder thing, but I said he, he looked good. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I tried to. <laughs> okay. I still even uh, with OJ, I, people. I, yeah, I, I tried to do that. <laughs> Going back to Stranger Things, I, I love the 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 concept of the of the town of Hawkins. It's very Stephen. King-esque, like Castle Rock, where there's just this area that's concentrated. Weird things are happening all the time. You've also got this cast that's growing up. This could go on for quite a while. Um, you know, and, and only you and, and the guy, the, the people that are uh, the writing this show know whether it's a definitive end at the end of season three. We don't know. Mm. But this could keep, this train could keep riding for a while, couldn't could it? Could it? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So well, all right. Like a shaky witness. <laughs> I'm going to reach for the glass. <laughs> we know Take you a sip of coffee. We know, we know you got to run. Uh, real quick question about uh, Black Widow. You were indeed filming that? Uh, oh. No, no, no. Yes, I mean, right. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm filming right now, right? But, uh, but yes, yes. Okay, we, we are shooting that movie. Yes. I just wanted to make sure because you know reports and IMDb and no, no, no. I, I, I you know, there's so. a lot of misinformation on that as well. But I will say that. Uh, Kate Shortland is directing uh, this movie Black Widow, which I am in, and it is incredible. Awesome. Uh, we yeah. lo- we love the subject matter, Scarlett. Yeah, we're, we're, and we're thrilled you're in it. We're we're oh, huge yeah, fans yeah. of what yeah. you do. 
And uh, oh, it, it's thanks. just very intriguing. So yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it, I think it's really going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and these Marvel guys are like. You know they're just the best in the business. Like Kevin yep. Feige, and these guys, these guys are just so good at what yeah. they do. So you you really feel it on set too. It's like this real, you know, these guys are just really good at telling stories. They take something that could be lighter than air and right. and really just evaporate, and they make it something that has gravitas to it, which yeah, is amazing. Exactly. Stranger Things season three is on Netflix, dude. I'm really happy that you're like a super nice guy. Oh, <laughs> thanks. No, no, it's no. nice to it's find nice out. Nice to so talk to you guys. Thank you. We appreciate and it. Enjoy enjoy the season. It's really, uh, and I don't say this. I mean, I'm stand behind the hype. It's like. It's going to take your breath away. Love awesome. it. Love Excellent. it. Oh, All right, yeah. let's hear it for David Harbour. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't you stray too far. Stay with us. Ever wondered where to get the latest MMR gear? Maybe you should pay attention to these promos we worked so hard on. <laughs> I said, uh, never mind. Why, it's the MMR Rock Shop, of course, at WMMR.com. It's quite the upgrade from when we were selling stuff out of the trunk of that rusted-out 75 Chevy Nova. So log on and shop to your little heart's content. Tennis shops no longer required. From 93.3 WMMR. All the merch that rocks. Our next guest is going to be performing at the Miriam Theater. Uh, you know him from uh, movies and streaming shows and, of course, one of the best podcasts in the world. And we're happy he's back in town. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Marin. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Am I on? Is you're it on? on? It is on. <laughs> and comedy. They know me from comedy. They do. All That's right. why you're at the Miriam tonight. Man. <laughs> uh, we were checking our yeah. records, and I think the last time you came by for a visit was in our studio in 2012. It I was. know. Look at us all turning old. Look at a bunch of old men now. That's why yeah. you got to shave your head. I do? Yeah, I do? Yeah, is it time? It, well, it, it, what happens is it, it at least removes that visual cue, you know? So <laughs> then you're just the, <laughs> the ageless balls man. Exactly. How old is that Buddha? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you always yeah, you look good, Buddha. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I don't know when it happened to me though. Like I'm just starting to notice it now. For years, you I was look like, good though. No, you look good. I, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to put you in the age-defying category, and I, I think because you have an iconic mustache. Oh, is that what's I, happening? I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I finally think, have an iconic mustache. Yes, I think you because you can be drawn with it with your like your facial yeah. hair can. Yeah. You're in one of the, the rare class of people, celebrities, yes. who can be defined by their facial hair. I, Just yep. in a sketch. I, I, I used to do the, the sort of a soul patch, uh, yep. zappy yes. thing. Now I got, got full, some. Yeah, yeah, now I got a full beard going. But I think uh, I just noticed it a couple weeks ago. I think I, I swept one, uh, maybe last. Might have been last Wednesday. I woke up old. Like I, I, I feel like there. Everybody hits that moment right. where you look at the you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, it happened. It I don't know when it happened. Do you know what it is? It's uh. it's, it's like a, like sometimes. Why does that jiggle now? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. It, it, it is. It is. You, are you jumping up and down in front of the mirror? Look at me. Look yes. at me. it's all going. Uh-huh. It's all jiggling. It. Something hurts that didn't hurt before. That's happening. And the the time to recover takes longer. Yeah, if you ever do recover, it's the living with the hurting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guess my toes are like that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, but I, I feel all right. I, well, I think so. You're in good shape. You've remained in good shape for, for quite a while. It takes work, man. You know, I was watching, I uh, yeah. Mark, a uh, documentary just over last weekend on Sam Kennison, and you, uh, yeah. uh, you know, go, go back to that. And I, I think of all the ways, yeah. you knowing you were going to be in... Yeah. The, the bizarre, you know, fluidity of life, and there, there, you know, you're, you're, you're in that prominently. 
And I was. Yeah, you're mentioned many times. Yeah, in the beginning. So, so the what, what's this? What's where's this on? Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, all right or something. So, yeah. but but long story short, you know, if you look at look at your career the way it's firing now, it's it's got to be wild to be where you were back then to gone through all you've gone through. Yeah. You know the the book is out. Uh, we yeah. are waiting for the punch. Yeah. Uh, the the shows, yeah. the the podcast, interviewing the the president, yeah. all of this stuff. Do you have time to take a breath and absorb it all, or do you just keep going? You know, I'm trying. It, yeah. You know, I, I'm trying. I'm experimenting with experiencing peace of mind. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and happiness because I'm told it's beneficial to us, <laughs> and that's what we're working towards. Yeah. Uh, it does get to a point where you, you know because things turned around for me. Not later in life. I'm not like, you know, 70. But, I mean, my success came in my 40s. Yeah. And it does make a difference. I I, I know people are like, there people are like, uh, they say, like, does success really make a difference? Yes. Yeah. It does make a difference in terms of, because you spend so much time committed to something. Like, with comedy, I mean, that's all I wanted to do, and that's all that I really am. And when you do that, after a certain point, there's no plan B. You know, you get 20 years into something, and, and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, well, I could always... Oh man! Yes, <laughs> you're exactly right. There's, there's nothing there. What, what the last job I had was a really legit job. Was I was a grill cook, you yeah. know, in college I think before I committed to comedy or worked at a coffee shop somewhere. So I don't. It's not lost on me that it's a, sort of amazing that I've I've pulled it out in yeah. the, in the second half here. But I am trying to appreciate it. Yeah, I'm trying to do nice things. I I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and fly first class if that's okay. And, yes, and the other treat yourself because you, you don't want to be that guy who 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 shuns all no, I don't, but I yeah. also have that brain of a comic where it's sort of like, I don't know when this money's going to go away. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know when the work's going to dry up. I don't know if I'm going to get that club date. Uh, right. And I still have that survival kind of <laughs> mindset. Do you know what was very, very telling was, uh, and I always reference it because I think it's probably as as true a thing as you'll ever see, is Joan Rivers and her document, that documentary right at the end there, um, she had her book. Her her schedule, and yeah. it was open space, even at her career, with the way everything was going I gotta fill it in. Yeah. It's a day open. I got it. Yeah, right. So uh, well, it never leaves you, does it? It doesn't. No, yeah. but I, I'm always pretty busy. I'm like doing the comedy, and then I got. I'm on. Yeah, I do the TV show now, the Glow Show. We mm -hmm. got one more season of that. It's a great and, show. Yeah, it's a fun show. And then you know, and then I, the podcast <laughs> and Joker. You're, I mean, all oh, yeah. the stuff. I mean, the the, the 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 that's. I got a t I got a hot you know like a tight forty seconds. In the Joker. <laughs> hey, hey, you got more than uh, Brian yeah. Callen. Yeah. Callen's like, <laughs> is that him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he got he got more than Gary Goldman. Uh, I know Gary Goldman was kind of featured, but he's doing his act. Yeah, right. I, I love him, by the way. Well, it was funny because I did a. There's this whole thing where you know I did a. a it was a longer scene with yeah. me and De Niro. Like I, it wasn't the whole movie, but we right. did a walk and talk thing heading up to the dressing room where right. we enter, and that's where that's where it's a, that's where. It, that's the scene in the Joker. But there's a whole other thing where I'm like, "How you doing? What's going on? Let's not do this." The exercise that. Well, yeah, I, yeah. because I, I asked the guy, uh, Todd Phillips, I said, did I, before I saw the movie, I said, D am I in it? Did I make the cut? He <laughs> yeah. goes, well, we cut the walk and talk. And I was like, all right. He goes, we had to because he said there's not a scene in that movie that doesn't involve the Joker. Yeah. So it's completely from his point of view or he's always in every frame. So anything that didn't involve him that he wasn't in, they took out. And it okay. made sense to me. Okay. And he said that one... Like that scene, that walk and talk had nothing to do with Joker, so they really. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it made sense. You had a funny uh, observation on uh, Colbert. You're talking about. Oh, right? that, well, yeah, well, yeah, because like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I get this opportunity. It's De Niro. It's right. freaking De Niro. Well, people, like, also, I, I'm fairly critical of Marvel movies. And I get, you know, I've, yeah. I've gotten a lot of pushback. Well, as you can from see, the, uh, we're fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I get a lot of pushback yeah. from the, 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 the grown male nerd community. Yes. Has, uh, you know, it gets very mad at me. But when they found out I did Joker, they're like, no, oh, you're a hypocrite. And they're very excited that some, they think they won something. Yeah. But, uh, but we convert, we got him. We yeah, converted they, him. No, they were like, you know, this guy's opinion means nothing. Right, right, right. You know, he's a sellout. But the, but the bottom line is, you get a call from your agent, and they're like, you want to do a scene with Joaquin and De Niro? I'm like, uh, yeah, it, it's in a it's in a comic movie. I'm like, no, nah, I didn't. Yes, of course. You know, what am I? Gonna, of course, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right, right. So, uh, uh, all right. Can I ask you what your stance is on these comic movies? Because I, uh, are, are you um up there with like how Bill Maher feels about them? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like Bill has a tone. Yeah. <laughs> No. That's delicate. That's delicate. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm within that tone. Okay. I, mean, I, I think you could put me in the mildly condescending. Right. Sure. Uh, you know, I have a problem with it culturally because I do believe that there's a fanatical sort of uh, commitment to them. I do believe that because of their popularity, they do push out other entertainment options. And I do believe that. You know, I don't know that as a grown up, I've earned this uh, age that I'm at. I, I don't want to feel sort of a bullied to go see children's movies. Okay. You know, I, I, I understand that. I understand that. Because, because people people who like those movies, even if they're grown-ups, yeah. they're, they're sort of like, come on. They're almost like uh, missionaries. For the, I mean, they're, they're, they're just like a, a bunch of Disney stooges you know, who are trying to tell you it's like, you know, this is their life. Well, right. I, so, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've been a fan throughout all my life. And, and so it attaches to, to pivotal moments of my childhood. That. Sure. So, so uh, but I, I, I understand it's the same way uh, vegans try to push, uh, you know, the, 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 the yeah. whole thing. And, and I, I think, think one is rel- is more healthy. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you're getting any health benefits <laughs> from, 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 the, from the Avengers movies. <laughs> well, Batman's like the DC Marvel is yeah. different. Like, and I've yeah. used that joke. Like yeah. when people are like, yeah, you're doing a kind. It's a DC movie. So. <laughs> it's a little darker, a little more grown up. I, a little I, more grown up, yeah. I do understand it because I, I love the movies. Yeah. I'm not a comic book guy. I didn't read the comic books growing up, so I don't have this, like, long vested interest in, like, oh, my God, it's finally happening. Um, I think it's a, oh, it's a belief system. Right, right. I mean, these guys have been reading. Go ahead. But, no, no. My wife doesn't watch any of them. And I tried to have I think this that's ar- something a lot of men say. <laughs> but I tried yeah. to have this argument with her. I'm like, yeah. no, it's really, really great cinema. But now, like, hearing you talk, I'm like, okay, you know what? Listen, you're allowed to not be into them. And yeah. I need to just well, kind of, well. like, drop it right then and there. Like, okay. Wow. You're, you're, look at, I think if this feels like some sort of peace we, talk. We've made a breakthrough. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you're just going to drop it right there. That's interesting. You don't want, you sure you don't want to get online with an army of your peers? <laughs> no. And talk it's about too much work, man. Oh. That's an argument nobody's ever going to win. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what gets me is why have that argument? Uh, maybe just for the catharsis of having the argument itself? No, I tell you why. And my, my producer, Brendan, uh, has explained this to me is because. You know, this is a group of people that that were sort of marginalized in a way. The nerds were always sort of the brunt of the joke. Yeah. And now they own culture. Mm-hmm. They do. And they're not going to let it go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anybody that's going to start pushing at it, they're like, no! <laughs> and it's always shrill and awkward, and yeah. they're, they're having feelings. Well, and... Uh, 
Well, <laughs> you look at like Scorsese yeah. just caught. Uh, I think that was he, a reasonable. Yeah, uh, he, and he's assessment. just he's just saying. Listen, if Martin, you you certainly have to entertain Martin Scorsese's view on things. It, it at its basic core, it's fun. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a diversion. It, it's 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 a hearkening back but, nostalgically to for me for childhood. Right. Uh, but it's it's not it's not a I don't want to leave childhood. But I I, I know what you're saying. I get yeah. bored. Yeah. I, I'm bored. <laughs> right. Do you, you know what I mean? The stories are simple, and I get it. Like I know they're like you ought to see uh, the one the uh, one with Hugh Jack. And right, what's that? Logan. One? Oh, you got, if you yeah. want to start, because I'm going to try to watch some. Yeah, just uh, for watch Logan. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> I'll start at the beginning. I've seen Iron Man. Yeah. I saw that, and yeah. I and I saw. I think that maybe Iron Man. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's okay. There's, <laughs> you don't. It's, it's really okay. again. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, right. it's yeah. funny because it, we you know we deal with obviously that the station plays music and a song will come up and. The, it's the ultimate subjective thing. How do you respond to music? But that sucks. People speak it in, in concrete. This is great. Yeah. It, no, it's I, the I, same I, with comedy. It's right. the same with everything. There's, right. These things are subjective. You don't have to like them. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, my problem is with those movies. Generally, I, I really do get bored. I mean, if you're not thrilled by dudes flying around and throwing <laughs> yeah. buildings and rocks and cars and things, you know, I, I don't know. It just it was never my thing. And I read some comics, but even the comics I read when I was right. a kid. We're not those. I read like Swamp Thing, oh, and then I went. I went into the gaming stuff. I, Hellblazer and Sandman. I, I like good stuff. I liked a lot of the underground world of comics. I like Daniel Klaus. I like that guy. What's his name? Burns, who does the eight the eight ball comics. So what Peter do you like? Bag. Do you like horror movies and stuff? No, nope. are you not into that stuff? No, like I have no movies? patience. No patience for okay. that. I just kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what. <laughs> that feeling of suspense is not one of my yeah. favorite entertainment feelings. What yeah. what in the pop culture realm? What's your what's your go to genre? What what do you most find yourself being drawn to when you go to a movie? If you have, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I just I've been watching Succession. Uh, oh, okay. I just started watching that. I love it. Everyone love raves way, about it. Yeah, well, the way they talk to each other is amazing. Because yeah. it's not real, but it's like there's such a the emotional weirdness mm. of the whole thing is great. I just rewatched the entire. Breaking Bad. Me too. Mm -hmm. well, you did? Yeah, well, uh, Preston and I did, uh, what, a year or so ago, and now I'm, I've watched the last few episodes again because of the uh, Netflix movie that's coming out with uh, Jesse. I went to the premiere. Oh, how was, how was it? Uh, I, it's, can we ask? Uh, Whose phone uh, is going? It's yours, know. I think. Is it mine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, that happened at the end of Hamilton on Tuesday night. Hey, time to wake up. Yeah. Is he alarm? It's 7.30. Yeah, oh, my God. I don't know. That, I don't, I, oh, uh, yeah, I almost know. didn't wake up because I thought I said it, and I didn't say it, but I woke up anyway. Yeah. The movie's good. It's good. It's almost like... I think he made it just because he he's like these guys were so great. Let's just make one more movie. Okay, I can one see more that. Thing with this, I'm fine know. with that. Uh, but it, uh, the premiere was great. I don't usually go to a lot of those, but because I'm on a Netflix show and I've done specials and I've been on a few of their shows, they invite me, and I was like, I'm going to go to this yeah. one. Yeah. So I wore this shirt, the one you kind of. Uh, <laughs> I love. He's wearing a denim shirt. And yeah. I really like. it, it, oh, that, well, thank you. I, I mean, I know it's stiff. I know it's <laughs> new because I knew the way you said it. It's like you're like, wow, where'd you get that shirt? It was it was a compliment, but they were sort of like. Well, new. It's well. Yeah. You know, maybe you might want to break that in. Right. Is it itchy? Where'd you get that brand new denim shirt? Had an edge to it. Yeah, yeah. You just got that, didn't you? You know, it wasn't a full-on compliment. Yeah. Like, that, that's a, that's a denim shirt you got. That thing is really denim, isn't it? In the world of denim, that's that's as passive aggressive. Look, we, we got to work on him. Got to work on him. That's hilarious. I went, oh, but the movie. Yeah. 
So I'm still like crazy because I get I still get kind of starstruck and it's it's just kind of because I walk the carpet. I don't have to, but I'm not in the movie. But then you get that picture. It's like also at the premiere. I was there, you know. But I'm sure sure Netflix encourages you if you can because you're a Netflix. Yeah, and I wore this denim shirt. That was the first. There it is. There, there's the picture you got. (laughs) See, that's the denim shirt. On its first appearance publicly. Same pants, too. Same it pants. is the same pants. Uh-huh. I got four things, dude. I, I don't... I, don't, I got, I got two, two pairs of pants I wear at any one time and three shirts. You're stylish. I yeah. love the dude, do magazine have a, where they say he really who? loves his, and it's like five pictures of you in the denim shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm breaking it in. So, but sure. the... But I get starstruck, and I and also there's a weird mixture of like, do people know who I am, and yeah, can yeah. I approach them? There's some of them I I do. Like I saw Ed Begley there. Ed Begley gave me a big hug. Uh, Ed nothing. Begley's great. That's not nothing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I saw uh, Jonathan Banks. Oh, from who plays Mike. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if he does know me, but I walk up to him because <laughs> I grew up in Albuquerque, and they shot the whole thing in Albuquerque. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my buddy from second grade uh, lives in an apartment building that Mike just got a place in because they shoot out there all the time with Saul and everything else, and they become friends. So I walk up to Mike. I'm like, my buddy Dave's your buddy. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I realize like, he, he doesn't have no idea who, who I am. Like I, just, like, I don't think he does. Yeah. I don't think he gets starstruck. Oh my god! No, Jonathan but Banks. He, he does not impress me as the type that's uh, that's uh, he's pretty nonplussed. But yeah, definitely. But the the thing that got me like Cranston was nice to me because he's been on the show, and I saw Jesse Plemons, who I've not talked to, but he's uh, like he was, you know, he knew I was, and we talked. I listen to me. I'm like, some of them know me. <laughs> some of the celebrities know me. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but uh, we get we get the same way. I know, right? Hey, we know David Faustino. Yeah, he yeah. came here. Yeah. Was he here? He was here. <laughs> wow. Kathy doesn't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. So I'm at the we premiere, and I hear from behind me over at the, and people are sort of talking before the movie started, and I hear uh, I hear Hank's voice. You know, the, the, yeah. you know Hank from the, the cop in Breaking yeah. Bad. And I, don't, oh. I didn't even know the actor's name, but I'm like, there's Hank! Like, I want to talk to Hank! Like, when I interviewed Cranston, I swear to God, when I did I was so immersed in the show, it was years ago, that I could not separate him from, from Walter White. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I, throughout the entire interview with him, I'm like, I, I think I need to talk to Walter. So there there's certain characters that really impress. Like, Hank's such a great, that guy's yeah. great. What's yeah. his name? Dean something or other. Norris. Yep. Yeah. Great. Great I, character so, I, I, I felt myself excited. Like, there's Hank, and he sounds yeah. just like Hank talking <laughs> to other people. But, yeah, Obama is no Hank. Right, but yeah. uh, but it, it, exciting. Yeah. The speaking of Obama, the podcast WTF with uh, Mark Maron, ten uh, year anniversary, man. You've you've really yeah really made that a, a just a, a mainstay, and and it's you do it right. You kind of do what we like to do as a radio show. We just have conversations, and, yeah, and we dive into whatever comes up. You have a, a basic idea of what you want to talk about, but it, you right, down you do your paths. homework a little bit, yeah. Poke around a little bit. Sometimes I miss things, but you, you got to get used to people saying like, "Why didn't you ask him about it?" Because <laughs> yeah, you should have told it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's got to be on your terms. But but uh, you know, you're you're um, so so initially your your interviewing skills, your chops, where they developed on 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 like Air America, or had you you know did you did you have a uh, a good um, 
good well, rapport, a conversation ability. Because you, again, I told you early before we went on that when we first started, our interviews kind of sounded like interrogations as opposed to just conversations. Mm-hmm. And when when did the switch? Well, flip that's for you? A, I think that's a style yeah, initially. Yeah. You know, you want to get these moments. It was like the uh, audio equivalent of clickbait. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, no, you kinda, you're exactly right. right. You kind of want to like, you know, let's get them on this one. Like, I never, I, I don't, I, I don't do ra- morning radio as much as I used to because right. I don't know what I'm walking into. <laughs> I know you guys, right, right. But yeah. even phoners, you want to be on a phone with a bunch of monsters <laughs> who are just looking to tear you down. Yeah, and you've got no way to defend yourself because you're on a phone. Yeah, yeah. So. But but my style really was uh, more about uh, you know inviting people I knew over to talk about my problems. Yeah. Uh, so having celebrities over to talk about my problems yeah. and maybe find some midway. It's a disar- never- it's a disarming entree into into a good conversation. Yeah, I was in trouble. I was yeah. bitter. I was cynical. I had people I had to apologize to. But yeah, wow. so it sort of evolved like that from like a twelve step almost. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. almost like I need to make an amends or like yeah, or like if you like me or like I don't, I'm not comfortable with you. Uh, but it was always very personal, and it just kind of evolved from there. What would, so your most listened to podcast would be, mm-hmm. I guess, the, the the specific episodes, the Louis C.K. Right, the two eps with Todd Louis. Glass. I don't know if I don't know which ones are the most. I'd have to ask Brendan, but you know, the Obama one is always evergreen. Like yeah. right now, like the most recent six months are always free right. on. Uh, WTFPod.com or Stitcher it has the archive. And then after, if you want to go back before six months, you got to go Stitcher premium kind of deal. But yeah, I don't know how many people listen to Louie. There was a two double header with Louie. That was a big podcast. I don't know how many people are going back to that. I thought your, uh, I thought your, 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 um, you know, it was as sincere a sentiment as I've ever heard relayed, um, you know, about a friend of yours yeah. who's done something that uh, is is not right. Yeah. But you, you know, <clears throat> again, I think this is a, something, a, a muscle that you've developed over years of just living your life and, and, and kind of laying it all out bare. But just and I thought it was so genuine. And it's all of us have people in our lives like. That's them, and yeah. I take them yeah. for what I, I take them for what they are, and I, I you know I know them on other levels that you don't, and yeah. this is how it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. We don't talk anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> really? Has, yeah. has it gone asunder because of that? Well, I don't know asunder. It's just yeah. like you know, I don't. I don't know who you know what his wife is now. I mean, okay. after after that stuff went down, you know, I addressed it honestly, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was reasonable. It was. It was more and, than reasonable. Uh, yeah. And you know, he's you know he's got to go through what he's going to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Interesting. I want to ask you kind of a nerdy radio question because um, you, with with you and Brendan, and when you're at the red carpet, do you do you see Dean Norris and say, "Man, I want to I want him on the show." Or, you know, if you're in Philadelphia, you're at the Merriam, and you meet somebody that would be good for the podcast is, I've, you, I've gotten you book a, that way oh, i've gotten a little more respectful in that way what about with de niro well i mean he doesn't do that kind of stuff i talked to de niro briefly you know and not briefly i mean he's a nice guy he was he was present the day i started shooting the joker was the day they found a bomb in his building oh and yes you know, but he was handling pretty Bad well <laughs> well no but like you know he looked at the other people that got bombs he was like i'm in pretty good company <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but he was dealing with that. But he's, you know, he if you really think about him, he didn't. He never even appeared on Carson, really. Hmm. Like he's just not that guy. He's not a big right. talker. Like I've run into Brad Pitt many times. For some reason, Brad Pitt's a fan of my TV show of Marin. Like, and he's watched it several times. Yeah. Like I've seen him at two different events, and he's like, "Oh man, that your show! I'm watching it again." I'm like, "Really?" And. Uh, and I've I've asked him. I said, "Well, if you ever want to come on, he goes, I'm not, I'm not a good interview. I'm really not a good mm-hmm. interview. I don't I mean, know if Sanira would be. That. No, that's the, that's the thing. So I don't ask that. But I've also become a little more aware of like not asking people 
in public. Like, you know, at some point, you know, I'm not the guy who's like, hey, man, you know, can you do my show? Can you do my podcast? Like, I'm sort of in the world now. So I have to, you know, I'm acting, I'm doing things. I'm not saying I'm a celebrity, but you don't want to pester people because I know how that feels. What? Of course, they're going to say, of course. You know, they're going to say, yeah, I'd love to. And then what are you going to do? How are you going to follow up? <laughs> right, and then, yeah. you follow, then eventually you, you talk to a booker or a publicist, and they're like, he's not doing anything now. Right. Yeah. Especially not you. <laughs> like, <laughs> when they go out of their way to say, especially not you, that's yeah. what hurts. Well, that, they don't yeah, say yeah. that. But, you, <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, I try to do it through proper yeah. channels unless it feels right. Well, yeah. thanks for coming in this morning because uh, I booked this interview, and uh, we, originally we were going to do a phoner with you, and you decided to come in, which is cool. And, and, and it, to see you uh, happy and chipper and upbeat is good. I know you've been dealing with nicotine withdrawal, and I wanted to ask you how that's going. It's all right, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm coming through it. I think I'm at like seven weeks, oh, and I was bad. I wasn't even smoking, man. I was doing those lozenges. Uh, so the, that was the deal, huh? I loved them. I loved. I did, did you ever flirt with the uh, the vaping thing? No. Okay. No, I, I knew right away that there had to be something wrong with that. That was going to be an issue. Well, yeah. Yeah. How, What's in it? How, how are they making that? Who's in charge? That's the question. You know, I, I want to know if it's a it's a, a kind of a well-known, you know, historical cigarette company <laughs> making me sick. I, you know, these vapes, it's like, where's the goo coming from? What are you putting in there? <laughs> where's your goo coming from? If it's not Philip Morris or, yeah. you know, yeah. R.J. Reynolds, I don't want anything to do with that. Chinese goo. Yeah. Yeah. Chinese, Chinese goo? What is it? How is that not going to be bad? <laughs> well, why'd you, why'd you start trying these lozenges? Who turned you on to that, or where'd you get the idea to do that? Well, I've been wrestling with nicotine my whole life, but okay. I haven't really smoked a cigarette in over a decade. So there was a period there. What happens with me is I got off the smokes. I think I had one cigarette during a Keith Richards interview, but I knew I was on the lozenges, and I because he, he made me smoke with him. All right. Yeah, of All course, right. Yeah, Keith yeah. Richards. And yeah. he's, he's got a bit of charm when it comes to getting people to do things that are bad for you. So yeah. we've heard, yeah. yeah. He's, he's done that to an entire generation, <laughs> <laughs> several. But, uh, but no, I, and like I was, I do the gum. It took me years to sort of quit, but then I kind of leveled off on lozenges. I was on gum for a while, but they're not good for your jaw. And then someone, Tom Rhodes, another comic. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. him in. He's sure. great. Yeah, he turned me on to Walgreens, uh, cinnamon, <laughs> four milligram lozenges. So okay. Cinnamon, okay. See, I was always the mint lozenge guy. Yeah, uh, no, I don't, I, yeah, and uh, I don't do the mint. I don't mind them in a pinch, I'll do them. You know, you're, when, you're an, when you're an addict, you'll do anything. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, uh, the mini ones are too much for me. The little ones dissolve too quickly. So were you, in effect, like chain sucking? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Are you yeah. kidding? I loved it. I, I looked forward to them like cigarettes. So, but what happens to me is I'll, I'll get off everything like I am now, and then I'll decide, like, I think I can have a cigar. Yeah. And then I'll have a cigar, and then within two weeks, I'm having two, three cigars a day. Yeah. And I feel like my mouth is rotting. <laughs> so then i got to get back on the lozenges to get off the cigars, and then I'm locked on those. So you got to look at then, me because I'm the only one who's currently addicted to nicotine, and I... I 130% know exactly what you're talking about. What are you on? Yeah. Just well, mint? No, no. Now I'm on, on... Oh, you're dipping? Yeah, the thing is, like, with that, I've done that. But I'm was, a, I was, but i not smoking. But I'm not... I, I get it. But I, <laughs> well, my lungs are okay, Mark. I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I've done, I, there was a period there was... I was in, I was getting imported snus from, like, Norway or right? <laughs> oh Sweden. God. Like, someone got me involved with snus. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. Was, uh, I think Swedish, right? Yeah. Originally, but there's a whole catalog of there's a hundred different snooses from Sweden, and they say like it doesn't cause cancer, which is ridiculous. It, you know, what, spitting. But I was ordering this stuff that was so strong, yeah. like it was like heroin. Like you know, it's just a packet of snooze, and I put it in, and I'd be like, oh man, yeah. I gotta sit down. <laughs> <laughs> but like in my mind, as a sober guy, I'm like, but I'm not doing anything bad. It's right. Like, 
You're well, sober too, guy? I'm sober. Sober seven yeah. and a half years, and I was actually nicotine-free when I got sober. Yeah. And then about three months into my sobriety, I'm like, well, uh, oh, this you is, need something. I need something. I got this gigantic hole that yeah. I need to fill, and yeah. I'm going to fill it with nicotine and caffeine, and that's kind of where I'm at now. It, but it, it's 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 yeah. the it's the the dom uh, my brother who had never smoked in his life when he became sober, he started smoking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I I've been through oh, so much. I got 20 years sober, so I've been through a lot of different options. Yeah. With the. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even drinking coffee. I'm like, yeah. You got nicotine. You got sex. Yeah, and those are my. You know, if I can move those around, yeah, go through a rotation. The one thing I never do, thank God, is gamble. I never got that sickness. Yeah, not like losing money. There's no. I've never had an experience with gambling that I won so much money that I felt so great that I got to spend my life trying to do that. That's funny. I get nervous while gambling. I don't. There's no rush or high. The rush, that, no. that the nerves, that is the rush. Yeah, but it you doesn't work for you, it, right? Yeah. Mark, you know, have you ever have you ever seen some? Because I've seen a good friend of mine. Yeah. The first time we went to Vegas, yeah. I saw that Sickness. switch flip. Oh man! And I and I literally had to take his ATM card because <laughs> wow. he was gonna go hard. Really? Yeah. And I said, dude, you need to put this in check now because he he would have. Tapped out everything. It was crazy. I lost, I think, the most I lost was $800 in an evening. Wow. And uh, I'm still mad at the hotel. I said that at like 40. Yeah, it still well, hurts done. me. Well, that's yeah. why casino ATMs put out in $100 bills. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, they, they oh. got you. you know. I can't do it. Yeah. And I'm a bad poker player, too. <laughs> I want to, real quick, Robert's been on hold for like 25 minutes. And I would, if I cut him off, De Niro? I'm like a jerk. No, De Niro. <laughs> Hey, what's up? (laughs) You had a question for Mark Maron. Hey, Mark. I listen to every single episode. Really love the podcast. Thanks. What is taking so long with the garage renovation, and what are you doing in there? Okay. All right, that's a very specific Thank you. question. I Thank you, Mr. That. De Niro. He's saying it with anger. He's angry at me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds pretty good in the room I'm doing it in. I've worked very hard. I had a kid make sound panels. I'm, I'm all set up in the bedroom. Yeah, because you originally started in your garage. Well, the the old house, I got yeah. a new house. Yeah. Right. But the old house, yeah, it was a cluttered garage, and I was there for years. And then I got this new house that has a garage, but it already sort of had the work done. The family that lived there before right. had a kid out there that they didn't want in the house, I guess. Okay. And they did. <laughs> but they put a bathroom. There was a full bathroom, and it looked perfect for a studio for me, right? So I get this house, and I love the house. And then I get tagged the week after I get the house. That the I knew it wasn't done on permit. They got to tell you that. Oh. When you roll the dice, you're like, oh, who's going to find out? Yeah. Well, I think the city sent people out you know, to open houses to see if there's unpermitted work. So it's not on permit. So the, what's taken so long is with the, where I live, you've got a couple of options. Either because the city has it down as a garage. So either you got to make it back into a garage. Right. Or you got to get the paperwork to make an accessory dwelling unit, which is right. basically make a house out of it. Right. So I went with that. So they're putting, like, they're making it a house. I mean, it's ridiculously expensive. That, but my, what about my, your taxes? I assume it... it, it I think I don't know how that affects that. What the right, right, right. Well, right. no, it's going to have its own address. Yeah, because oh, you're seriously? saying it's going to be higher taxes. I think it would have to be right. No, no, be, don't tell the city. <laughs> oh, uh, like, I mean, you basically have two residents. You have two homes on your property. Then, right? If, you, I, uh, if, they're, if they're classifying it as a home, a separate home. Wait, it's well, going to no, be a separate home adjacent. No, no. I mean, it's 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 a rentable property. Oh, okay. But it's right. not a separate address. Is I it? think it does can have a separate. I think it does like have a separate like a unit. In my years, I found that the the state. 
paint in the city, you should demand oh, some extra man, ways you're to get. ruining everything. <laughs> I did the right thing. But it's but, uh, a business location, so you can write. I don't even know if I can say that. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're in Philadelphia. Right. No one. Will... <laughs> Yeah. You want to add I'm a second show tonight? I'm assuming the guy that tagged my house yeah. is not following me around. Don't, don't say anymore. But, but but that's the thing is like I have a studio that's going to have a kitchen yeah. in it. You can cook in there. We yeah. can make a uh, well, that Robert guy on the phone. He's he's not a fan of the show. He's actually calling. He's a, he's a city employee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah. Wait, but that's crap. They nabbed you after you bought the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I, you know, usually before. you get ratted out with that stuff. Usually yep. you've got a neighbor who sees you building. Yep. But this thing had been built years ago. I really can't. I can't figure it I out. I think your open house idea that word got out as people were checking out the property. And that that's, was probably it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that so. makes the most sense. But I'll tell you, the thing is going to be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be nice. And I'll go out there. I'm going to have a hard time deciding whether I should you know, live in that house <laughs> or just rent the main house <laughs> or do the podcast. You have there. options. Uh, listen, if you're just tuning in, it's Mark Marins who is here. So here's the deal. We need to take a break, but did you want to stick around for a few minutes? Yeah, you, you think I want to drive back in traffic? <laughs> as long as Mike, the driver's cool, I'll hang oh, out. Yeah, yeah, we should talk- give props, by the way. It's uh, Dave's Limo uh, hooked us up there. They're always awesome. Uh, Dave's Limo, driven by Mike, owned by Bob. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. Loved okay. by everyone. Loved, Loved by, by everyone. everyone. Yeah, I'll hang out. Uh, so awesome. because we have a mystery guest coming up. Now, Mark knows who it is. We haven't told anybody who this is, and you're kind of intrigued as to who we're going to have on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it'd be cool if you could stick around for that. But we're having people guess, and a few people, a handful of people have gotten it right. Yeah. That is crazy. It's a character, not an actor that we're looking for, a character who appears in a pretty iconic film for a very short amount of time. So listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Sponsored by Jersey Mike's. Download the Jersey Mike's app and earn rewards towards free subs with every sub, Pepsi, and Lay's that you purchase. Uh, let's see. Where do we go? How about this one? Uh, if you have kids old enough to use your phone, you should password protect basically everything. An 11-year-old boy in China managed to drain his grandfather's retirement savings by using the man's phone to uh, tip live streaming hostesses. So he was like uh, online porn, like well, hookers. I, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, but they were live streaming hostesses. And the grandfather... Uh, named Lee, was shocked to find nearly $6,000 disappeared from his account over the course of three days. After he checked his transaction records, he found almost all the money had been paid to IQI, or Q-I-Y-I, however you pronounce that. It's one of the largest online video websites in China. The boy admitted that he had spent his grandpa's money to tip 
and buy presents for his favorite female video game live streamers on the site. There you uh, go. Okay. Not porn. Uh, it And uh, IQE said that it would offer a refund to the grandfather following an investigation. Animal rescuers in Britain responded to a home where they ended up removing a snake, and the snake had turned blue from the cleaning products inside the toilet where it was hiding. Like a blue snake, like yeah. Tiny Bowl. Yeah, the RSPCA said a family renovating the home uh, said they had just purchased in uh, Basildon, England, found a snake in the bathroom when the reptile... That's it! This is a blue snake in this toilet. <laughs> Rep, uh, reptile knocked over a lit candle. They found the animal had taken up residence in the toilet's tank. Uh, the snake was identified as a non-venomous rat snake and is believed to be someone's pet. Uh, it's being cared for by a veterinarian to make sure that it didn't ingest any of the blue cleaning fluid. Yeah, you wouldn't want the snake to get sick. Uh, this is terrible. A 56-year-old female hiker was killed by falling rock and ice at Yosemite National Park oh, in California. Man. Yeah, so We were just talking about Yosemite. Uh, and they said that uh, Jean Wang was hiking on Yosemite's Mist Trail. When she was hit by rock and ice. Now, while the trail is popular, it's closed at this time of year because of icy and hazardous conditions. They always post that stuff, but I know people, they'll just do what they want to do. It's not like there's a guard sitting there. In fact, the Park Service said that uh, the trail closure is clearly marked, and there is a gate on the trail reminding visitors of the closure. She ignored the signs, went around the gate, and the incident happened on the trail. So they close those for a reason, gang. You have things like that happen all the time where people will go on a trail or, or take an off-road vehicle onto a trail yeah. and they get trapped in snow or an avalanche. They don't realize it. Everything's being managed. you got to be careful. Yep. Uh, this is disturbing. 800-year-old crusader from a crypt in a Dublin church has been decapitated by vandals. Uh, Archdeacon David Pierpoint said that the crusader's head had been severed from his body and, this take, sucks. and taken away. You live for 800 years. No, he wasn't alive. <laughs> oh. It was uh, it was a corpse. Oh. Yeah. And to go like and that. And to go I like mean, that. Come on. You're 800 years old. You, like, live through plague after Everything. plague. Everything. Oh. Older than our own country here. The discovery was made as a tour guide was preparing to open the church for visitors on Monday afternoon. Uh, the archdeacon said he was upset and disappointed that the church had been targeted again by vandals. A crypt of St. Meekins was vandalized in 1996. I'm a crusader. <laughs> he said initially it was uh, quite disgusting when he saw what had happened, but now it's just sad. Uh, apparently, uh, the crypt has been badly damaged, and several of the mummies, including the 400-year-old remains of a nun, had been desecrated in the incident. The crusader's body was turned over, and his head was removed. The crypt of St. Meekins was previously vandalized in 1996 when a group of teenagers broke in and took a number of mummified bodies from the coffins. They dragged them onto the grounds and seemed to be playing football with their heads. That's just wrong. Uh, he had it, thankfully. It's at, called soccer over there. Mm-hmm. At the, no, it's called football over there. Oh, is it's it? Soccer here. Oh, uh, you're right. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's called soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, they're trying to find out who did it. Uh, Steve, I, I thought this would be interesting specifically uh, for you because you had a, a Great Dane when you were younger. Yes. Veterinarians in Arizona performed a C-section on a Great Dane to help her deliver 19 puppies. What? Wild. The Kingman Animal Hospital said that it took 11 staff members to perform the procedure on Saturday 
after the dog, and I think your dog's name was Clem, right? Clem. Clementine Montbellary Rock. This one is Cleo. Cleo. Uh, was brought in with a different, uh, with, it, with a difficult labor. Uh, they said the puppies are all healthy and Cleo's doing great after her C-section. The Great Danes typically have leader, uh, leaders. <laughs> Litters of about eight puppies. We will control the world. <laughs> uh, but this had more than twice the number of the average. One of the greatest dogs you could ever have. They're, yeah. they're huge, but they are their disposition is so sweet, and they're great with kids. Yeah, I actually have, um, you know, in my mind, uh, a list of types of dogs I need to own before I die. And right. great, great Dane is definitely one of them. And they need to, like, Great Danes especially, they have to have a proper name. Yes, you I think I mean? so. Yeah, yeah they're because they're, they're bigger than most humans. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll do one more story and then wrap it up. Uh, Gwendolyn Agard's story. Uh, she had initially refused to talk about it on camera, but now she's doing it. She didn't see the big deal, but everyone else did. She's a 79 year old woman, fended off a burglar as he tried to get inside her home. Uh, she had called 911. And she shot at the 20-year-old suspect twice with her 38 and 45. Wow. Uh, she was able to fend him off until deputies arrived to arrest him. And what's funny is what she said to him. Uh, she uh, decided to tell her story, and she started with what she said. The first thing she told the man who dared to break into her home was, and I quote, I said, mother effer, if you come any further, you're a dead son of a bitch. <laughs> I love that. I know. Uh, she said she had heard a She's noise. Joan Wick. And uh, she <laughs> Joan Wick. Uh, she started yeah. her work and uh, knew uh, she had heard a noise. She knew that the sound wasn't normal, not taking any chances. She armed herself with a thirty-eight, and that's when she heard a louder noise. And then something hit her door, she recounted. Uh, the man was hitting the back door of her porch with a rubber mallet that he retrieved from a neighbor's barn. Uh, the glass shattered. He came inside, and he was naked. Oh. Uh, she said he didn't have no pants on. He was naked. <laughs> Not no pants, no how. She tried to warn the man that she was armed and even fired a warning shot. But she says the man uh, went on upstairs and started ransacking her home. And since the 38 wasn't working, she went over and grabbed her 45. <laughs> That's grandma for you. She's looking at her going, yeah. all right, I got to get something bigger. Give me a racket. Uh, she called 911. She started giving the 911 and giving them a play-by-play as she waited for the deputies to get there. She was actually scared when she was talking to to them, uh, but when the man tried to come downstairs, uh, Hi, she, she fired again. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. Agard fired again, to which the man asked in surprise, "Bitch, Hi, Grandma." Hang on. Yeah, he said in surprise, "Bitch, are you trying to kill me?" I love the language flying back and forth. And her yeah. her reply to him was, "Oh, you finally got the message." That's Damn. a tough woman. I, I love, love her. Man. Yeah. So uh, the cops came and they ended up grabbing him. She said, I don't know what his intention was, but I know what mine was if I had seen him. So she was going to take him out. Pretty funny. There you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. We're going to take one more break. We'll come back in just a second or two. Stay with us. We're going to have a lesson question. See if you've been paying attention. Some goodies up for grabs. Be right back. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. 
with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Trevor Noah dropping $20 million on a 10,000-square-foot bachelor pad in Bel Air that has a see-through infinity pool. No reportedly plan using the home to get laid. Ah. Oh, my God. And speaking of extravagant spending, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones just purchased a $250 million, $250 million super yacht with two helipads, a gym, and a full spa. Jones says the 357-foot yacht is exactly 356 and 10 inches longer than his penis. Oh, my God. Now, after announcing the proactive cure to acne, an old interview has surfaced in which Kendall Jenner says an L.A. dermatologist cleared up her skin. Kendall says it's all mi- a misunderstanding, and she was simply lying to make money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. Jim Brewer is here. Morning. <laughs> it feels so good to show up at a station that has bagels and coffee. <laughs> we Do we have them out there? Are they out there? We ordered them. Yeah. All right. All right. No, you should understand. We haven't had any yet. <laughs> when, when I go in, when I go into a comedian and they go, "What station?" They're going, uh, "You can tell right away by what's outside and inside." <laughs> <laughs> you show outside, and they're like, "Oh, you want something to drink and uh, water?" All right, let me cut. And they go to the sink. <laughs> Listen, you got to have a little presentation, right? And, oh, and as yeah. soon as I showed up here, I saw the bagels and I went, now. <laughs> now we're on a station. It's real. We're at, it's real. We're holding I up walk the in, you 90 people here. Is, <laughs> is this, what is this? Homeless day? What's going on? <laughs> no, just we're fans of the random show. people? Yeah. All and, fans and, of the show. And some Brewer fans, absolutely. All right. right. Yeah, yeah. Your Philly hats on, they're all hopped up. Man, Harper put some fire under this. Yeah, he city did, boy. didn't he? Yeah. I've been watching every game. Yeah. And I was watching you watching the game, and it's, it's you know, listen, there's no secret. Obviously, you're a massive Mets fan, and your yeah. purity, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, and, you know, but when you see stuff like that, and what, it's just pretty wild, is it not? I feel like I'm watching Ali Frazier. This yeah. Baseball this year is going to be Ollie Frazier every single. Here come the Braves and the Phillies. Bing, bing. Bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah. Go ahead. I don't. Re- I like it that the Mets are good, and I like it that the Mets are good while the Phillies are good. I don't care about the. I hate the Braves. Hate uh, the Braves. And listen, I hate the Mets too. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I hate the Braves. The no, rivalry's good. I yeah. hate the Nats. Yeah. I I, I like hate it. the Nats, Better. and I like Harper. As I'd never thought this happened. I hated Harper. <laughs> hated Harper. I like him as a Philly. Okay. Yeah. All right. He I, looks like a Philly. Yeah. He, he, I, I, even last night I was watching, I'm like, come on. As first time I had a look around, I went, come on, get a hit. And I was looking around. <laughs> <laughs> But, but to that, appreciating another team, and, you know, listen, you can't argue with, with the ability. What what was amazing, though, is when we found out the, the amount of money. Oh, the amount of money is just. <laughs> well, he's going to get a wake-up call. If if come September, he's batting 210, uh-huh. hasn't hit a homer in, yeah. like, eight weeks, you're going to see some really... Like Philly's not a town. Like you know, it's okay. We still we still support you. Yeah, no. no. Well, are, are you when a game's on at home or whatever? You are you just immersed? You're you you persona non grata. You you just hot. yeah. But I I I backed off of getting that emotionally attached in the early. Yeah, a, I learned. Like, listen, April is uh, evaluation month. Okay. 
So now you know his Phillies. You go, okay, where's our weak spot? Is it, I think it's middle relief, right. or maybe we need a maybe we need a starter. The Mets are. Ah, we, I don't know. It could be the starters. It could be middle relief. It could be a lot of things. I don't know yet. So I don't. I don't lose my mind. Where last year, Mets start off. 12 and 2, I, I had World Series shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Philly's kind of the same way. We were in first place you know, all the way into August. I'm like, oh, man. I had, I didn't even, I, I had no idea. Right. And then September happened. You're like, oh, that's right. <laughs> this isn't a playoff team. <laughs> it's a long season. That's when you, yeah. All right, so yeah. I, I, I love baseball. Yeah. Um, and so my son plays, my nephew plays, and I can watch baseball pretty much at any level and, and really, really get into it. I can't do that with other sports. And, Me either. Okay. Can you I do can. that with baseball? Oh, I am there in yeah. baseball. Every single level. My nephews play. I I go and I show them how to pitch and we get with coaches. I watch every, whenever I got my bike in town, I see a Little League game. I go and pull up and I watch the game. Okay. Wow. I, do, you, do, you, do you play in any, like, weekend league? I only play. No, I don't have time for weekend. But yeah. I do play <laughs> fantasy baseball yeah. league, which, if you're a Phillies fan, you should really look into that because um, there's some great Phillies in Clearwater that you go on. You're with the team. You're in the locker room with the Phillies that you grew up watching and all that, and you play for a week competitive against each other. That's right. We did Clearwater for the second time this year just passed, and, and it was honestly, I was reticent to go down and do it because I'm like, well, what are you going to get from this? You go down there, it's a blast. I'm going on five years, and I can honestly say that you would flip out. It's the it's the only thing I look forward to every single year. Really? I, you, I went on tour of Metallica. All yeah. I can think about is, oh, I got nine months to get ready for January, and, then you gotta, and I got to start working on my mid abs so I can hit lower balls. Uh-huh. Is it with the Mets that you do it? Is it I do with the Mets. Fort St. Lucie is that? Yeah. What it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd like to. I'll, you could do it with other teams. I want to do it with the Phillies because I like the Phillies, and I wouldn't mind trying maybe like the Dodgers. They have some cool old. Players. Players that I that how's, I know. How's the Mets fa- uh, facility there? Because the, the Phils have a top notch one, but it, the Blue Jays have a terrible one, and they're just up the road in Dunedin. I I know exactly where they're at because I used to uh, I used to live down there. Oh, um, did you? Yes, I was down there Darren Dalton days. Oh, nice. sure, okay. Yeah. Yes, and he would tear up the town with one of the Hooters games. <laughs> he was uh-huh. huge. Well, one of the original Hooters is right there. Yeah, I think it, right. it wasn't just one of the Hooters girls. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a scene when I moved down there. <laughs> and they got you got Hulk Hogan. You know, he's uh, apparently living going to the airport. They got some interesting characters. Down yes, there. Yeah. yes, and Crook Johnny was always down there with his five with his huge belly. He. <laughs> I loved John Crook only because he defined, yeah, yeah, this is how I look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Take it or leave it. Take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. This is how I look they when must, I play baseball. They must be fan- Are you friends with any of those dudes? I'm sure they're fans of your stuff, some of those guys. I don't really. Some of those older players. The, the, the Met guys, yeah, yeah. And some of the yeah. There's some older ball. Who from players. the Mets are you like old? Because because I, I you know I was I was there for the uh, for the '69 uh, you know Ron and Swoboda's there. Oh really? Yeah, Ron Swoboda's okay. there. Ron Swoboda's legendary for that diving catch. Yes. I mean, yeah, it, it's funny how one moment in time changes your life. And changes your everything. That's what he always says. And he's I nearly he's, broke both elbows when that happened, attempting to replicate that, you know, <laughs> over and over again. Well, here's just funny. When I go to the camp, you have all these older ball players, And how it works, like say you're a diehard Philly fan, you go down. I don't know how the Phillies camp works, but 
the the old players, the ex ball players, are going to manage you. And then they watch you for a day, and then they draft you. Oh, wow. And you wait for the really? draft, and then you start playing double hairs. And I'll tell I don't know if they have money on it, but there's nothing <laughs> funnier than watching Ron Swoboda going, up for crying out loud. You got, you, where's your zone today? You're killing my picture. I mean, these, I've seen these guys throw their hats down. I've seen, there was a fight last year. Really? It was, Awesome. That's funny. It was wow. awesome. But they you, never lose heat. They never lose. I mean, we, we, no. we have, you know, veteran uh, Phil's players who come out, you know, and, and, and interviewed for the show. They, the passion is still there yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I challenge people them. are weird. They are. If I, and they, they just like challenges. Like, uh-huh. I, I just got to do this thing with with, with John Franco, ex, uh, you know, ex Matt. And yeah. As he's leaving, I went, John, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I just. I'm pretty confident I would crush you in wiffle ball. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought I said something about his mother. <laughs> he turns like, I'll take you out. And he did. His eyes changed. <laughs> his whole demeanor changed. I'll do any day of the week, man. You want to do a charity event? Whatever you want to do. I'll, I'll swear to God. You want to play stickball? We'll go. I said, I can hit you stickball. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> it makes them nuts. Jim, we had, we had uh, Cal Ripken Jr. in studio one time. And... Uh, he was in the in his last All Star game that he ever played in. That he got grooved to pitch. It was right down the middle, and he hit a home run. And I asked him about it, and I and I sort of framed it in a way. It was like, yeah, that was yeah. kind of a meatball, you know. He took such offense to me asking this question, and I I was asking it as a baseball fan, and I love Cal Ripken Jr. And it was not as if that notion had not been it was not an original. put out there before. But, but he yeah. got and he's like, you ever try and hit a home run? Yeah, <laughs> you, can you hit it out of the park? I was like, no, Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Sorry, I asked the question, but but to the Franco thing, that his eyes turned. He took exception to my question. Yes, well, that could have been from his head or whatever he's been taking for the last three four years. <laughs> he trembling. What was going on? I don't know what's going. With that who's hate. the biggest character you've met, you know, sports-wise, you know, who's just... Well, he was in the past. Okay. In the past, it was um, uh, Todd Hundley. Really? Huh. He played for the Mets. He was the... He was the... One of the most wildest human beings I ever... <laughs> oh, that's... Listen, I'll tell you why. Give us a story if you Um... I'll give you the very PG. <laughs> he comes to see me at Caroline's on Broadway, New York City. This has got to be mid-90s. Okay. And um, he's like, come on, we're hanging out. And he's, he's, <laughs> his his uh, wife was there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so much I can't say. Okay. All I can tell you that a couple days later... Bobby Valentine, the manager of the Mets, goes, well, if one of our stars would get more sleep in the paper, <laughs> all I can tell you is by the time it got light out, we were still raging. <laughs> I mean, raging. Round two. It's all right to have beard shots with eggs, right? <laughs> and, and he had to be at the ballpark, I think, by 10 a.m. for oh, a one the afternoon game. Yeah. I was dry heaving watching that game. <laughs> wow. And I think he hit two homers. Yeah. Wow. There were some, you know, the, the, this, the sport in particular is replete with stories of people who operated that way. I mean, yeah. you look at the, 
Go back to freaking Babe Ruth was was always Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Mantle. I mean, that's you know, and and that for some reason, that's why baseball movies about players yes. like that do, are so good. Yes, because you know, you never see that in. Oh my God! Thank you. I love you. <laughs> Marissa just brought some. <laughs> I haven't had any caffeine this morning. This is fantastic. She came in the nick of time. As soon as I sat in this chair and it's low, I kind of feel like a child. I told my first story and now my belly's full and I'm starting to get tired. You're getting fussy. I see. I don't want to say like baseball doesn't is not a um, it's not a tough sport to play, but I I think it lends itself to you know. Party a little bit more after the game because it's not like you're not running and gunning the whole time like a basketball player, football player, you know? You can stand in the outfield (laughs) (laughs) and just go, please. Yes. And, and, uh, you're, you're exactly right. And yeah. they probably have it down to a science by who's pitching. You know, like, okay, Sister Mars Arietta, <laughs> he, he doesn't give a fly ball. Couple <laughs> more shots. <laughs> just talk to a couple more chicks. And there we go. <laughs> and then, okay, and then this guy's pitching, so I'm only going to bat like twice because he's just plowing. This is good. I can survive <laughs> We had a story uh, in the in who who was who smashed the TVs, Nick? Oh, um, it was in the clubhouse. Oh, they, were, they, were, they were playing video games. Who was it? Who was it again? Santana. Yeah, Santana, yeah, 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 Carlos Santana. Who, so, but to yeah. that point, where, where even while the game's on, they're playing video games. We had heard about that. Yeah. Was it the the Red Sox who, if you know, the pitchers weren't pitching or whatever, they were they would duck into the clubhouse. And 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 drink during the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. during the games. They're like, so right, to, you know, to your point, yeah. There, if you if you know how to play it right, and you know who your who the opposing team is and where your your breaks are. Yeah, <laughs> I always it's always amazing. Have you ever noticed too? A lot of times, your team will play the worst team ever. And they suck. Right. Like, why aren't you scoring? Because, like, okay, I can relax tomorrow playing the Marlins. <laughs> as soon as we get out of there, Fitcher's only going to last five innings, so I can sleep to the fourth inning. Yeah. And, uh, and then the manager will start yelling at us, and then Franco starts going up and down, and they go, come on, man, come on, man. And, we, and then we'll wake up. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Hey, I wanted to ask Jimmy. You, you had mentioned the the Metallica tour, and uh, you had gotten in touch with us when you made the announcement that whole thing was going to be happening. You were part of the opening act, yeah. quote unquote, doing some game shows, stuff like that. Did that all play out the way you hoped it would? Would it end up being a, a, a really good success? Greatest gig ever. Had no kid. You have Greatest a special on, on Patreon, don't you? It's, yeah. a, it's 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 a documentary of your yeah. of what you were doing. I, I got to check it out. It, it looks like you were just having a blast. I can honestly say. Out of everything I've ever done in life, that was hands down the greatest gig I ever wow. did. In my life. And and the how it all happened, right? Like it, it was James Headfield reached out March of last year. He was in Europe. They were touring Europe, I think, and they said, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in um, doing a tour with us?" And that's as vague as it was. No one. And I now they saw me at Rock on the Range, and yeah. I do great at the rock festivals. And when I was finishing my set, I remember Hetfield and a couple guys were on the side of the stage, like, "Man, you should tour, oh, man! Our crowd would eat you up." Blah blah blah. <laughs> I didn't really think much of it, and then 
He said, don't get it. I got excited. Went, oh, dude, I'll kill in front of you. I know that audience and I'll kill. But in my head, I was thinking it's the end of the arena. Yeah. And it's a perfect setup for stand-up. And we'll have the two screens. That'll be great. And then um, he goes, well, don't get excited. Haven't asked the band. Haven't talked to the band yet. And uh, we don't know what it is yet. I don't know what it is. A couple weeks later, hey, what about characters and uh, T-shirt cannons? Now, okay, <laughs> I need to readjust. I, right. Yeah, it's becoming a different thing. What do you mean characters? Well, I don't know. Maybe you walk around the arena and a character, and oh, that's going to get violent. Yeah. It's going to get violent. <laughs> yep. If I, I want to throw something at a guy yeah, 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 yeah. walking <laughs> around as a character, I'm going to hit him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 38 and I'm drunk and I haven't left my wife in, for three days in seven years, and I'm out on a bender and I'm waiting for them to play No Remorse. I'm gonna hit this guy. <laughs> He's walking around in an outfit as a character. Right. It's worth the night in jail. Yeah, right. Two thousand dollars. I'm out. <laughs> so how did it morph into what it? Because it became Lars. Lars, I flew out to see. I flew out to see Lars. He doesn't know. I totally knew when he was in town. Yeah. And I said, "Hey, if I have meetings on these dates, you are you around?" Bling. Yes. I flow out there. I get my day with him. I go to his house. We're overlooking the bay, and uh, I gotta wait in this big top floor and wait on top of his castle. And um, you know, would you like tea? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Lars will be up here. Okay. And he comes up and he goes, um, "This is exactly what he said. I'll never forget." He goes, "Here's the deal." <laughs> no matter how many times we get bands, nobody goes to see the band. It's a bummer for the bands, a bummer for us. So, what we're looking for is a fan experience. <laughs> With the air quotations. Yeah, and he yeah. goes, You know the band a long time, but the most important thing is you. You don't have to be funny. Tell stories. Why are you here? Get a DJ. You play songs. It's your thing. Go do what you want. <laughs> now, like, how much time we got to figure this out? He's like, you know, we start in like uh, five weeks. <laughs> and so I was creating all these things. And he also said this. Just know this. Most likely... You might not have more than a thousand people out there when you're out there. And I went, oh my, I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Right. True, yeah. I didn't think of that. I'm yeah. thinking I'm walking out of there. Right, right. <laughs> there 10,000 people. What's up? <laughs> and I can honestly say by show two, it was 10,000 people. Right. Every wow. single, right. every. Yeah. Did you have to adapt what your original plan was once you Oh, God, you, yes. After yeah. the first night. Yeah, yeah. First night, the, the, the way that what they were very adamant, and I. Can honestly say as at his friendship more things. Metallica's agenda was yes to entertain the fans, but they clearly said we want our fans to get to know Jim Brewer. Okay. Oh man, that's, that's that awesome. was that they were like, We love you. We want we want everyone else to start to know who you are. How, How cool of them to do that. Yeah. Man. How well did you know the band prior to this? Um I we I go on vacations with like me and the head fit. My kids that's pretty cool. In the house, they'll say, uh, oh, I got a text from Mrs. Hetfield and Hetfields. And, and we, they grew up together. So they're like cousins. We're almost, James like an older brother to me. That's that really almost, cool. That almost places an extra bit of, so. So now I had the pressure of. Yeah. He's sticking his, I better come through here. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and I, 
you know, I probably never said that anywhere else. But more I'm thinking about it, I put so much pressure myself because I didn't want to fail him or them on this project. So it was never about, hey, I'm opening it. I'm, it was, oh, my God, this is Lars wants a fan experience. Yeah. And if I can pull this off without getting booed off the stage, right. it's a success. And I think the greatest thing for me, no matter if you saw it and hate it, whatever, it doesn't matter. The last two days before the show ended, uh, one of the little interns, uh, one of the workers came up to like, Lars would like to see you in the food room. <laughs> well, oh, okay. <laughs> I go in, it's all black curtains, and he's eating like yeah. a king, and he goes, sit down, we haven't seen each other. <laughs> he goes, do you think this would work in an arena <laughs> like a stadium in Europe? And I went, Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and I said, listen, man, I'd love to... The the ego in me would go, hell yeah, but I... Listen, no. Yeah? It's you not think it's happen. intrinsically a domestic thing? It has to be a different... No, yeah. two, two things. A, I'm in an arena, and I know they're American. Yeah. Yes. And I was able to leave the arena... Like, by, by show eight, I was going in the crowd. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can go in the crowd and mm-hmm. pick people out and have a field day. And this is all I could turn on the lights to section 201. Right. I fear none of you. <laughs> um, my, and that was huge. I can't do that in Europe after Ghost has played for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're from Belgium and they've been drunk since October of last year. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, no, I, I hear you. It's got to be a crowd thing. I, yeah. I, in, in this business, we're lucky enough to be able to meet bands from time to time. And, and um, I did a meet and greet with Metallica once. And I've never seen a band, especially a band of that stature and that size, treat their say. fans as well as they did. I was so blown away because everybody that's in that meet and greet has a Metallica story that they want to share. Yes. And those guys sat there and listened to every fan's story. And they went around the room and they took the time to listen to what the fan wanted to say to them. I was so blown away at how cordial and respectful they were of their fans. It really impressed me. I love the new album. Yeah. Love the new album. And one of the songs on there, Here Comes Revenge. That's my favorite. I love Here Comes Revenge. It's not played on the radio. I think it should be. That song came from a meet and greet. No kidding. And this guy from Belgium. The story's unbelievable. We're, we're, we're working on something now where we where we did a we documented these fans that went to every show from around the world. They were at every show. I became friends with this group from Sweden and and uh, New Zealand and Australia and Canada and England and it was and they were at every show. These Norwegians and this guy had this tragic thing happen in his life. It was so overwhelming. And he goes, I told James, and he said, wow. The fr- he told him the story of, of I don't want to bore you yeah, guys the story, but long story short, James went, wow. I, I My first response would have been, here comes revenge. And he was off to the races to write that song. Right, so, song. And the yeah. coolest thing was the last show, and it sounds corny, but I got goosebumps thinking about it. This guy hasn't seen the song live, and he flew in from Belgium, and I knew it was sort of on the list, and I went next to him, all excited. I was looking at all the other people. I went, it's coming, it's coming. And they started playing the song, and he just, he came alive. Long story short, he lost his daughter to a, a drunk driver. Oh. And and um, he goes mm. to the shows to, to, to feel his daughter's spirit and blah, blah, blah. And, 
and he just sobbed. Oh hysterically it was over and you see all these people just holding him dude it was it was not so and then all that came from a meet and greet wow and just like you said they take the time with everybody who meets them it's not and I've been on meet and greets it's alright don't look out don't talk to me go on the billboard sure I get gone I remember one time can't go I get it your wife died I get it your kid has polio I get it you're dying in three months you got brain cancer Get the line moment. Everyone's dying. Everyone's sick. <laughs> You're right, though. I, mean, I, yeah. I um, I, from what I understand, James is a very, very interesting human being. I heard is he, he's a beekeeper in his off time. Yes, I drank his honey last night. What? What? I sh- oh, that came out wrong. <laughs> I drank James Hetfield's honey. <laughs> came out real bad, boy. That's a new one. That's there's a gift for you. Yeah. That's a song that's, title. That's my <laughs> drink his honey last night. That's the next hit on the new album. <laughs> yeah, you drink my honey. <laughs> <laughs> so hot and bittersweet. <laughs> Can you feel the sting from behind? <laughs> yeah, swallow my honey. <laughs> swallow, swallow. Swallow my honey. That's great. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that could be a hit. That could be a hit. I think it just became a hit. Uh, Did you see him in his performance in the uh, in the Ted Bundy movie? Oh yeah. No, he's right. he um I remember he f- the No, the one I didn't see no, he told me about it before it happened yeah. and um I just remember busting his chops for them showing up to the uh you know, w- w- the premiere. Yeah. And I'd even mentioned the mo- the movie. I just talked about how goofy they all looked with their dopey Hollywood clothes. <laughs> Although he looked good. He, did, he yeah. always looks good. Yeah. But I was busting his kid's chops and his wife's chops. Like, oh, are we all Kardashian? <laughs> Look at us. We're on the red carpet. That's fun. You know, we also wanted to ask you, did you see, because we've been talking about it, did you see on uh, Netflix The Dirt? Yeah, the Molly Crew, Molly uh, Crew movie. Thing? No, I haven't. Yeah, I was. I'd be curious. But how, how I, uh, I waited on it. Uh, I just watched it uh, day before yesterday, and having grown up in that era, I loved it. I, I uh, thought it was a lot of fun. It's not I'll right in out. your wheelhouse. Are, are no, you, I no. Were you were a crew in my wheelhouse. You were a crew fan. I was crew in the beginning. It, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. crew all the way up until um, uh, Theater of Pain. Okay. okay. Use it or lose it. Yeah. Whatever that album. Was. I did, you might it's like good it because there's a lot of fourth wall breaking and it doesn't take itself way too seriously. Well, that's good. So I, I heard stories from Tommy Lee when, when I was on Sunday Light. Pamela Anderson came on. She was still with Tommy. Yeah. Tommy was a fan, and we hung out once or twice, and he'd tell me stories. And you know when you want to hang out with an idol? Yeah. But as they're telling the stories, you're going, oh, my gosh, should I notify authorities? <laughs> <laughs> or do I want to stand on the side of the stage at the next crew concert? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Can you share any of those stories? Yeah, I can share one that just, I, it defines humanity. (laughs) Uh, Male, female, females out there, just basically goes, oh, dude, yeah, we used to go, we used to go mudding. 
uh, uh, was this? We go mudding? I go, oh, yeah, I lived in Florida. He goes, no, no, no. We would all bring this chick in a hotel. And in this one place, we'd always ask for a place with a chandelier. And she'd tire, you know, we'd tire up the chandelier. And then we'd pop, you know, bottles of champagne and then shake it up and and spin her. And then it would create an oh animal. Oh, like, God. Mudding. Mudding. My hand to God. I, know. Well, I could never make up a story like that. In fact, in the movie, they've got stuff that sort of approaches it. Oh <laughs> Mudding. And I look at and every time my girls are like, Dad, I'm going to go see, uh, you know, the Chazavez and Chevelle this weekend. No, you're not. Yeah. Don't go mudding. <laughs> wow. Oh my God! I mean, yeah. <laughs> how do you get? How do you get there? Is a huge? How? How does a? Well, I wouldn't yeah. say a female. How does a human go? Yeah. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Right. You want to meet the band? Yeah. Yes. We gotta stick a bottle of champagne. And we're going to tie you up, and then we're going to spin you around. You're going to poop all over the place. The guy's going to laugh hysterically. <laughs> They're going to do a lot of drugs. And then if you make the round, then they bring in another chick. <laughs> Why? And we'll see if you make the best ten. Are you into this? Absolutely. Oh, God. Like, God. is that chick out there marching today? I don't know. Yeah. Right? Oh, quite possibly. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time. Oh, but you could tell... Oh people would not know. believe it, yeah. Oh, my God. That is unbelievable. I've never heard of money. No. That's... <laughs> Apparently, no, neither did Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah not my hand to God, man. I did not make that story up. Wow. No, I, I have every confidence. I, that wouldn't be in my further... I've been high in my lifetime. I've never even came close to imagining <laughs> that's what you could do to another human. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's the downtime. Yeah. That's the wow. downtime. Yeah. How, how bored were they to get to mudding? You know, like yeah, that's another. We're, well, we've done everything we could. <laughs> <laughs> we've skydived through them off planes where they can land it on our donkey. <laughs> what else do we do? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, come on, man! It's crapping all over the place. <laughs> do you know what's very telling? We, we, we had a story. Let's um, go mudding. <laughs> I got an idea, guys. <laughs> Whoa, that's brilliant. Let's try it. <laughs> that's insane. There was a story. Maybe we could get some of that Hetfield honey. We're talking about there's a point of contention about the classic <laughs> snorting ants. Right. Deal and lapping up pee thing, and, and it's, depi- yeah. it's depicted, yeah, it's in, the depicted dirt. in the movie. And, and there was a point of contention, and we were talking Ugh. about with Kathy. You remember we were talking about yeah, the, the point of contention was that it was an ant. It yeah, was, it was spiders. Vivian Campbell said that he was there and he saw it and he said it was a spider and not ants. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. You know what? You ended such a phenomenal debate. We're going to hear from guest speaker over here representing the Democratic Party. Right. You claim it was spiders. <laughs> and Republicans are liars with their ant prophecies. They were spiders. <laughs> Oh my God. Now we know what's really going on. Drain the swamp. <laughs> Fake news. 
These damn Motley Crewers, they're part of the problem. <laughs> but then they the talked way. about the pee, and they're like, no, no, oh, that was true. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that, that true, definitely yeah. happened. What was the pee? Uh, so, Ozzy whips it out. They're at, a, they're at a pool. They're like at a Holiday Inn, and he just pees out on the, on the you know, around the pool, and he leans down and starts lapping it up, and they were trying to outgross each other. Oh. So Nikki then goes, okay, watch this. He whips it out, and he does the same thing, although... Before he can get down to lap it up, Ozzy jumps down there and starts swimming around in Nikki Six's oh. yeah puddle and Ozzy I show you, you stupid Yankee. Yep. <laughs> I'm from England. I'm from Barrick. <laughs> we used to wear heavy shoes on us. Man. These guys have been around two hundred years. I've seen this many times. <laughs> Who wants to go mudding? <laughs> What's that, Oz? God, I love your, your story of hanging out with him. It's just, oh, just it's priceless. Which yeah. one? The clink, 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 clink. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So many great stories. By the way, I need to mention, uh, Jim is doing, uh, now they're saying it's a residency yes. at the Hard Rock Hotel. You know, you're it means a lot of shows in the next six months. <laughs> what? They're going to be different shows. This is, I'm always different every six months. So like even even my album, wow! See, I plugged that. Even the um, <laughs> the music. No, no, no! I, a comedy album just came out. Yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. And yeah. that was off the li- that was not planned. Portland, so, Portland. Yes. Yeah, so none Maine? of it. I always do different shows. What? Maine or Oregon? No, Oregon. Okay, yeah, Oregon. sorry. Yeah, so, yeah. so what, what about the music? And what about your your, your talking oh, about the rock elite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was fun though, right? It was it was the greatest time ever. If if I became huge, yeah, I start playing arenas. I would use that to open up for my stand-up show. Okay. okay. And I would dress as a character. You won't know it's me. Okay. All right. I'd, come, I'd redo all the songs. Yeah. And I would have the theatrical show that I had planned for it. It was always a theatrical show. It was supposed to be uh, Rock of Ages, but of a metal version of, I got a, of a guy with a family and blah, blah, blah. All right. So, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's it's exhausting. I yeah. would imagine, yeah. You know, and you show up and there's 12 people there and you're paying. <laughs> this guy's like, can I get a hotel room with a tub? <laughs> I like taking baths. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I only eat, you know, vegetarians. So that's why my food bill is always super expensive. Sorry, man. <laughs> nah, dude, this is not it's too much. It's yeah, important. yeah, yeah. Now, okay. This is exciting. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I don't recall laughing up piss anytime. <laughs> uh, you know, you told me watching the travel show is excruciating with Jack. Yeah, with Jack. That's a great time. <laughs> time. Jack and I. I'm glad we have a translator here. Yeah. <laughs> the traveling show with Jack. It's actually good. Yeah. Is it? I'm from to Italy. They went to Italy one Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. In our next tour, we'll have James's honey part of the meat and grease. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> oh, Guaranteed man. to make you say, yeah, ooh. <laughs> Listen, dude, it's awesome to see you. Thank you. Thank you for coming by here. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm going to play a little bit of that Metallica song on the way out that you were mentioning. Here comes the revenge. Dude. Listen to this song okay. and let your listeners say if this is a keeper. All right. All right this definitely. is a... Mo- Are we playing the whole thing or just this part? No, nah, just this part right now, but we will get you to gotta it. You got to get the riff in. Okay. Dad. Give it at least a minute. All right. A minute. All right, Casey, yeah. fast forward it a little bit. Uh, here. Come so on. Can-
So we can does our fast forward great... thing work on there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on here. All right, let's All right. to the riff. All right. You get you blew it though. We blew, blew it? it? No, no. You you got listen, this is okay. great. But there's the hook of the uh the guitar is coming up. It's such a... This should be a baseball song. Your team is down, and now you're going to come back and win. Tell me. Little grave, I'm grieving. I will mend you. Sweet revenge, I'm dreaming. I will end you. I've been here since dawn of time. Countless I was born in anger's way. He's Abel of Cain. I was Cain. I am here. I'm hell unbound. Jim is jumping around the studio. Hands in the air. And Harper drills one in the center field. One run comes in. Here comes another one. And the Phillies take the lead. Turn it up. I love it, man. Dude, it's a monster. It's badass. A monster. All right, next time I tell you the story of how they play that live now, I don't think it's gone because of me. (laughs) Very good, Jim Brewer. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Preston and Steve on ninety-three-three. 